Welcome to Good Evening Austin. I'm your host, Layla Schaefer. Top stories tonight? A rash of strange homicides in the South Congress District have grabbed the city and caused widespread fear. In a press conference at City Hall today, Police Chief Linda Stinton released a statement urging citizens to stay inside after dark, adding that if it is necessary to go out, travel in groups of three or more is recommended. Chief Stinton also encouraged Austin residents to form neighborhood watch groups, stating that police representatives will be made available to assist community organizers. In other news, the Central Texas Nudists are petitioning the city to attend next month's first Thursday festival in the nude. The city council is in an uproar. At last night's open council meeting, Councilwoman Joan Lipton stated, We should keep Austin appropriate. This has provoked a backlash from the Professional Live Musicians Group, which released a statement saying, We should keep Austin weird, as our official city motto says. Finally tonight, Claire Benning is suing Austin Light and Power and the city of Austin for injuries she claims her husband, Troy, sustained due to exposure to the mercury used in Austin's famous Moonlight Towers. The lawsuit could cost the city up to $4 million and force closures of the landmarks. And now over to Tom with the weather. And now, RPG MP3 and the Guild of Geeks presents the Dresden Files. We're all mad here. Let me do a little overview then of what we're going to do tonight. So we have talked previously and we picked Austin as our city, Austin, Texas, the capital of Texas, uh, because it's a city that none of us really knows very well. So we'll all start out on the same foot. Uh, we threw away a lot of – or we threw away – we threw around a lot of different city ideas, but for various reasons, we didn't pick any of those. Um, and one of the reasons is that if we pick a city that a couple of us knows and the other two don't, they always are going to feel like they're at a loss, um, and that's not fair. So we picked one that really none of us know. Um, and so the first thing we're going to do is – probably talk a little bit about neighborhoods. I did a little research online and looked at some maps and whatnot. Um, but basically the way that this goes in Dresden Files is everybody sort of, we sit around and we have a conversation and we determine um, themes and threats for the city. So a theme for, for a city that you're playing in. So the idea is that this city is going to be the backdrop for every adventure that we have or every session that we have in this Dresden Files universe. So Austin is our city at this point, and um, the idea is that there are one or two overarching themes, and there are one or two overarching threats in the city, and a theme is something that is sort of a, a global um, description of how the city sees itself, okay? For example... Um, you know, maybe if we were doing uh, Los Angeles, maybe it would be like City of the Stars or something where an overarching theme is its whole Hollywood persona, okay? And then you would basically take that theme and drill down and determine certain aspects of, of that city and how it's going to affect people in the game. So, um, so we pick a couple of... Uh, two or three themes slash threats. So a threat is a smaller scale thing that, whereas a theme is something that's overarching and affects the whole city, and you probably won't change the theme of the city in one session. It might take several sessions or an entire lifespan of the game characters to change the theme of the city. A threat is something that is sort of immediate and right now, and you might address that in 
the next session that we play, or in the first two or three sessions, you might get rid of that threat. Um, and then what we do is, so we decide on those, all talking out everything, and then we go and move on to um, how is the city really set up. So then we pick up and we talk about what's the status quo in the city. So are there any supernatural powers in the city that have a presence in the city, and what is that presence? And what's the mundane presence in the city? You know, do, the, do most of the residents of the city have any idea about supernatural things at all, or do they? everyone thinks that, um, you know, psychics and palm readers are all full of crap and there is no real magic, right? So you sort of figure out those two things. What, are, what supernatural powers are there and what do they think and what mundane powers are there and what do they think? And then we decide um, different things about the city like, okay, that's the status quo. Who wants to change the status quo and who wants to keep it the same? Who wants to affect it and who wants to change it and who knows anything about it and who doesn't know anything. So things like that. So we talk about those. And then we basically go through and we figure out some neighborhoods in the city or, or it's not, not neighborhoods, some locations in the city. So, for example, maybe there's – if I go back to that Hollywood example, maybe there's an old theater that used to be a soundstage for some very popular show and maybe it's haunted. And so that might be a particular location that we flesh out and determine what it does and how it affects us and how it's known – or maybe it's a like in the Dresden Files book, you know, there's that bar that that he goes to that sort of all the supernatural beings know about that bar, and it's kind of a safe haven for him. And nobody sort of freaks out if one of the White Council warden comes in and pulls his magical sword out, right? Nobody really worries about that because everybody knows that. Um, so we figure out those locations, and you can do six or eight or nine or ten of those. And then the last thing we do is we go through and we populate the city with particular NPCs. So, you know, you might, you know, like if you, to go back to the Dresden Files books, you know, Murphy, the the police um, sergeant or investigator or whatever that, that Harry Dresden works with, um, she would probably be an NPC on here that we would work out. Or maybe the mayor, maybe one of the PCs knows the mayor, so the mayor becomes an NPC. Or maybe there's a big crime lord in the city that is also a vampire, so that would be an NPC. Um, and the whole point is we all work through these things together. So the very first thing to start with is the theme of the city. So let's talk about Austin. What do we know about Austin? We don't know very much, apparently, <laughs> which is why we're all studying this afternoon. Uh, the, one thing, the one thing I noticed um, when I was looking it up, I don't know what, how we can tie it into a thematic thing, but it really struck me that the uh, one of the uh, city slogans is uh, keep Austin weird. Oh, right, right. So I don't, know, yeah, I don't know how we can really work that in, but I thought it would be something to, to keep in mind, and it would be kind of cool. It, they um, also – did you guys – because I think we all use Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. um, they had the City of the Violet Crown. Violet Crown? I, yeah, I was yeah. going to bring that up too. That sounds really – Actually, I, I, Wikipedia is about the only place I didn't go. Um, what I found out were the three main sort of things about Austin were it's the state capital, and of course it's Texas, so it ha they have a lot of pride. And the second thing was it's like the – music capital of the world or something like that because they have, you know, Austin City limits and they're supposed to be all this, you know, very welcoming to new styles and types of music. And the yeah, third was the, the whole the, Austin weird thing. 
Yeah, I think it was the live music capital of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and they have it. the South by Southwest festival and all that. Well, every first Thursday is apparently every first Thursday of the month is apparently this big, huge open air market slash music festival. So that could definitely be worked in somehow. I think. Okay, that could be a location. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's. I good. don't know how local it is. <laughs> like I don't know how much it's um, static. It might be all over the city. It might move around. I really didn't. That, that's yeah. Get that's okay. So there. the term location is just um, it's sort of a known entity where you might go if you want to find information, or you might go if it's a safe haven, or you might go if you know that it's a place that's frequented by law enforcement or frequented by criminals. You know, it's just a particular place with some sort of status. That doesn't mean it's necessarily in the same place. If it's something that moves around like a secret society headquarters or something, that's okay, too. It's still a location. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think... uh, So we're trying to think of a theme, right? Right. Yeah, I think the Keep Austin Weird is probably the the best... um, So what does that mean mean to us in terms of the game? Well, this is Austin's going to be a place where a lot of weird things happen, and uh, and the populists have have grown to accept it or, uh, you know, maybe take it in on as, as their own. Well, yeah, well, well, we just want to keep Austin weird, or at least uh, look the other way for something that's that's really weird. Right. Okay, and so, of course they could always. So that well, so they do have the, a number. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, Sam. I was going to say, so so the theme could be keep Austin weird or look the other way. Yeah, I like that one. Um, The only thing I was going to say is there are a number of things that are unique about Austin versus the rest of the state of Texas. Um, One of the things I read on Wiki about keep Austin weird was that the city has a reputation. And if I'm talking too fast, let me know. The city has a reputation of being a lot more focused on, say, the arts and culture aspect of society and being a little bit more liberal-minded than, you know, your stereotypical gun-toting, steak-eating Texan. Um, Like, they've got the only, not necessarily nudist, but clothing-optional park in the entire state. So, I mean, that's fairly unique when you think about it. Um, There's the world's, not the world's largest, sorry. No, it is the world's largest population of some species of bat lives underneath one of their bridges. So there are very unique things about the city that we could definitely tie into the Keep Austin Weird theme. Okay. So you want that to fall under Keep Austin Weird, or do we want to play with our theme and, and change it slightly? Um, I know I'm good with just filing that, like, Keep Austin weird doesn't necessarily have to mean keep Austin supernatural element. Although for the supernatural citizens of the of the city, that could definitely be it. Mm-hmm. But more along the lines of keep Austin unique, don't turn them into the rest of the state kind of deal. Okay, well that's actually one of the benefits of of that um, slogan is that it applies to the mundane people as well as the supernatural people. But it's mm-hmm. based on your point of view, what you think about that slogan, right? Yep. Okay. Um, So do we want more than one theme or do we want more than one threat? So the the sort of guideline is they tell you to pick three things. So you can either have two themes and a threat or two threats and a theme. Um, I think I'd be more comfortable with more threats. 
Yeah, I, I think so, at least for now. We can always add in a theme okay. later. So let's keep... Um, do we want to do an the aspect that comes out of keeping Austin weird or looking the other way? Or do we want to... Uh, we want to skip that and go on to the two threats. So, for example... Well, let's do one thing at a time. Okay. Well, so... Um, everybody understand... Does everybody understand what an aspect is? Yeah, I think Science. we can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Uh, I, so I think we should do the aspect for for the keep up for the for this theme, and then move now, on to the we, threats. Couldn't we just use the uh, "keep Austin weird" as the aspect phrase because it's and we, and we just decide how it's going to interact, or do we well, do you want to generate another aspect that may be easier to, um, to mold well, into? So it? the the aspect is is more a descriptor type phrase. So for example, in the book, the example is they're using Baltimore and the theme, the idea of the theme for Baltimore is the tourist veneer makes or masks the blight. And the aspect of that is decay and corruption. And so those two work together because the decay and corruption is definitely there, but the tourist veneer covers it up so that the mundane people don't have to see it necessarily. Um, and so, you, so basically, you want you want a couple of, you know, descriptors, succinct descriptors that tell you something about the city, that tell you a very specific thing about the city, that can relate back to the idea of keep Austin weird, but don't necessarily, you know, so I get the aspect is more important actually than the theme because it's something you're right, going to draw. Right. And I think that I think the theme of keep Austin weird or look the other way is broad, and it's meant to be broad. So we don't want to make that itself the aspect as well. We want to narrow down and find the aspect later. We can actually skip it and go on to the two threats and maybe come back to it. Well, I, let's uh, let's go ahead and try to work that one out. Yeah. Okay. While we're thinking about it, I think it might be best. Okay. So, so I guess the the concept is this is this actually can play into the threads of keep Austin weird is, uh, the the idea is um, I don't know weird or weirdness magnet no uh, something that that involves the uh, the the paranormal. Mm-hmm. I would assume in some way. Okay, magic magnet. And the, um, I think the threats would be. I'm just trying to think ahead here and how that could work. Magic magnet or well, not necessarily magic magnet. That's kind of specific, but you know, um, a magnet for strangeness or or something like that. Because it doesn't necessarily have to be magic. It can be some. It can be stuff that's unusual uh, outside of the scope of of what they've done in the the books. Okay, so strangeness magnet. How about something that's? Um, I can't think of. The- can't think of the the exact words, but something that would, you know, an aspect that you could use as something unusual happens. The more unusual it is, the the more likely you'd be able to key into it. So, um, and I can, I'm so, trying to have, have time to so articulate that. Oddity magnet. How about how about a uh, how about something that that suggests the reason? Like let's say let's say the underlying reason why it's weird is because this place is like on either ley lines. Or something where there's a lot of magic, and because there's a lot of magic, that could be this this idea about being weird is is, is kind of bubbling to the surface. So, how about something that 
just says uh, powerful mag- magic or uh, magic in- in- enhancement or anybody else here? No, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the idea of having it as in like in an intersection of ley lines is a really good idea. It would explain a lot of not only the supernatural oddities, but the, the mundane ones as well. It could just kind of bleed over. So, so the aspect is ley lines as far as the eye can see? Oh, I like that. Good phrasing. I like that. Thinking big Texas, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the point of Keep Austin Weird was not to, you know – Make them big Texans. Oh, they're still big Texans. They're just oh, different yeah. Texans. Yeah, they're so naked. So part, part of that actual part of that is actually that they try really hard to be different, but ultimately they're still proud Texans. So yeah, that's that's actually part of it. Um, okay, so we need a couple of threats then. So let me let me tell you the examples of threats that uh, that are in the book, just so that we sort of start working from the same page. Um, so the threat example for Baltimore in the book is the idea of we're looking into the abyss and it's looking back, and the aspect is on the brink, and then it has you know two or three they have two or three sort of NPCs that are uh, that are power players in their in their city. Um, so as you can see, it's sort of very similar to themes, but. It's just the point of it is that it's something that is going to be resolved within a few sessions and not an overarching theme that affects the whole city. So we're still working from the same sort of cloth that we were working from before, but now we're drilling down and we're trying to think of threats that we would want to address in the game. How about a uh, – to counter the weirdness – how about a, con- a conservative faction of, of wizards, maybe part of the White Council or uh, something else, that's trying to stomp down on the on the amount of weirdness which is happening? Because it's as, you, as they get to, they're noticing it's it's bubbling into the public's consciousness. So the threat would be, you know, some group is actually trying to you know, stamp down on the uh, the weirdness and, and or the magic and and. Uh, Oh, okay. I've got an idea that might tie into that. What okay. if we've got some kind of because it's we've got ley lines as far as the eye can see, as it were. Um, mm-hmm. What if we're having an influx of like magic users or something from the Never Never or something along those lines? So how, how do we articulate it? What are you What are you thinking, Sam? Are you Are you Are you, are you the one typing here? Uh, no, I was not typing. Oh, but, okay. But so 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 the two threats were. Um, well, well, so hold on, let me back up. So Candace said that um, – do you want me we to could use just your first a... name, by the way? Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Um, so your idea was that there's oh, – so <laughs> sorry, I was trying to read something. But um, so the idea was maybe there's a conservative white council faction in town trying to tamp down the weirdness. And then what, what was your response to that? I said, well, it could kind of tie into that in that because it's so weird and because we've got all these ley lines, we're having an influx of supernatural, like not necessarily this being the threat, but this being more along the lines of like the aspect of the threat, like population explosion, because the city is growing. Like if you look at the wiki entry for Austin, the city is not necessarily undergoing a population explosion itself, Mm -hmm. but it is a steadily growing city. 
So if we tied that in and say had the like have the threat be our conservative faction and then the aspect of that could be population explosion or flip the two around, something along those lines. Like lots of things are happening and that's why we've got the population the um the conservative faction. Okay. Actually, those both work into each other, but they could both be different threats. Mm. And it might it might actually be interesting to have them as as both as threats that really threaten the sort of the world that you're living in. However, because they're opposed, that actually creates a push pull that you'll have to deal with because at some times you might be having to pick one over the other um, at an inopportune moment, actually. I like the idea of having them both as, as separate threats. They're conceptually yeah. tied to one each other, um, but I like having them uh, but separate. The, the okay. only the, the hard thing I'm having to thinking about the the threat as the overpopulation is it doesn't seem to have a organization or a purpose unless there is some mastermind out there who has a a plan on pulling people together, you know. Because he's planning in years in, uh, in in the future, you know, utilizing all this uh, concentrated magic. Yeah, you know, if it's just the concept of population control, it doesn't seem to me a threat that the PCs. How about this? Um, someone's deliberately pulling people in there because he wants. He basically wants them as static. He wants them as diversions for what he has going. He's, he's or pulling, maybe he is harvesting off the magical energies. That could be too. Or, or it could be both. I mean, he could have oh, yeah. people in there just to, as diversions, and other people he's you know harvesting for whatever purpose. Organs, organs, harvesting organs. <laughs> so, uh, um, necromon- uh, necromancers. <laughs> yeah, it could very well be. I mean, that wouldn't be. Uh, that would be something interesting to deal with, and it certainly would be something that the White Council would be opposed to if they had any, any inkling that that was going on. Right, and maybe if that's exactly why they're having a hard time uh, finding them. It's because there's so many people. So this, this, the necromancers are, are yet again priming the uh, whatever conditions there are to bring more people in for food and cover. And that's one of the other second reasons why the the faction wants to stomp down on it, because if they can clear out all these people and have them stop doing this stuff, maybe they'd be able to find the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got uh, one of the threats is the White Council conservative faction, that and their aspect would be rein in the power. Because How about we don't... put it as White Council hardliners? Oh, that's fine. Okay. It just makes um, them sound like horrible fascist the conservative thing you know, sounds, football players. Yeah, it sounds political rather than... Uh... Yeah, but that's okay because that can tie into our theme. That's true. I didn't yeah. that. Uh, I love I mean, that. Put it either can, way. You, can you repeat that aspect? That sounded really good. The aspect is reign in the power. So they're trying to keep control over Austin because they're in charge of this whole region of, of Austin, this region of Texas, of the planet. And unfortunately, they know that there are ley lines as far as the eye can see and that it's a, it's a somewhat embraced uh, part of the city. So they have a really tough job 
even reining in some of the other white council members because it's such an embraced factor in, in the city itself, um, even by the mundane population who don't really know anything about supernatural things. So they have a really hard time, but their main goal is to rein in the power because they know that the ley lines create the second threat, which is um, a population portal for the necromancers. So all of these intersecting ley lines that work into the theme of the city are counterbalanced by the first threat, which is the White Council hardliners, okay, the conservative faction that are trying to rein in the power. And on the other side, you have necromancers who are using the ley line, the intersecting ley lines as a population portal for their own nefarious acts and to actually, you know, get power themselves. We love wizards for food and profit. Right. So <laughs> what – so – do you all agree with that aspect of the White Council conservatives is the, that they're trying to rein in the power? Yeah, sounds that, good to me. That was awesome. I think so. And what's what is the aspect of the population portal for the necromancers? Entice and deceive. Okay. I come to Austin. It's nice here. <laughs> <laughs> Look at our brochures. <laughs> Ignore the blood spatters all over the front cover. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the next, um, so the next sort of, if everybody's okay with that, the next sort of thing that we go to is, is discussing the fact that um, in the book it's this section entitled "Someone Cares About the City." So basically, what we are going to fill out if you were looking at the city sheet, the high-level city sheet, um, is we're going to discuss the balance of power. So we need to figure out what the supernatural status quo is and what the mundane status quo is. So let me give you the example that's in the book. The supernatural status quo is that the summer court dances around the edges while the entrenched white court and other vampire sets feed upon the despair and the decay. And the mundane status quo is corruption, crime, tourism, and dirty politics is business as usual. Right. So we want to figure out what's going on with the supernatural beings in town and what's going on with the non-supernatural beings in town. And um, they need to relate to the themes and threats, but they don't have to necessarily directly relate. Like, it's obvious from the White Council conservative faction as a threat that we know what they're... I mean, we just discussed everything they're doing, but what are the other supernatural entities in the city doing? Well, clearly we've got that group of necromancers who are all about rocking the boat. Mm -hmm. They would practically go in the opposite quadrant. Right, but we're not on the quadrants yet. We're just looking at the status quo. Oh, yeah, no. Go, go yeah. One. yeah, so the status quo would have to kind of reflect uh, the, you know, uh, you know what, okay, what, if you had a place that had all this power and a lot of people were going to it, it would almost be like a party town. Like, it would be like a, a wizard party town where they would come and they would get bumped up because mm -hmm. essentially they, even in game mechanics wise, it totally would work because they're going to be able to, to tag this aspect on almost any magic spells, they do. Or, or is that going to be something that the White Council has previously locked down, and now because of this population explosion, it's becoming a problem? 
Well, I, I would ass- I, my assumption was that the the status quo is the way it is now, and so yeah. because because the threat is the the guy's trying to lock it down, it hasn't been locked down yet. So the status no, no, quo I, would be. Oh, go ahead. No, I meant like maybe it was. It's it's currently turning into a party town kind of deal because in the past maybe the White Council had been. Okay, nobody's allowed to go to Austin because there's too much power here and there's too much potential for abuse. You'll have to forgive me. It's been a really long day. <laughs> no problem. No, no, no. no, I, no. I see that what you're sense. saying. What, what you're saying is the status quo is that we're sort of in the middle of what the two extremes are. The population yeah. explosion is just starting to happen, which is turning it into a party town. And the reason it's happening is because the White Council – previously has been pretty good at reigning in the power and, and keeping everything locked down and saying, don't come to Austin because there's already too much power. We don't want to complicate things. But whatever this group of necromancers is that figured out it can be a population portal um, has turned it into a party town by inviting all sorts of people. Yeah, and it, can also just, has to, it can also have to do with the fact that at the at, depending on what point we set the, the game, the White Council is really busy dealing with the Red Court. They may not have the wardens or the other wizards to, you know, keep watch mm-hmm. as much oh. over Austin as they used to. So the okay, necromancers so would be taking advantage of the white court's distraction. Exactly. Oh, okay, okay, so that's, like that. that's something to consider. So the so is this in a time period where the red court is at war with the white council? What Probably. books does that span again? Anything from book if three, three on, on. Right? So I haven't, I've only read the first book, so I don't know about all that, but, um, no, it's okay. I mean, it's not, (laughs) I don't care. Um, but if we're going to do that, then we need to actually state it explicitly that the white council is actively fighting the red court and the necromancers have taken advantage of that distraction. That would actually be the supernatural status quo for the city. We, yeah, we should probably figure out a, a, an exact time before we go any further with that. I mean, wh- at what point in the series do do we want to set it? Well, we don't – I mean, we don't necessarily have to stay true to whatever the series is doing because, to be no, honest, I I'm mean, probably not going to get a chance to read the books before we're going full steam ahead on this. No, so. but for those of us who have read it, it might be a good idea to just get into that frame of mind, okay, this is what might be going on at that time. Okay. I mean – we don't have to stick true to it, but for it would be a good idea to to get an idea. It might be. finds mouse. That's pertinent to our game. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So maybe we do want to have it earlier, uh, especially for if anybody's going to be coming coming into this podcast, and, and at least maybe we should do it at the easiest time frame possible. I mean, do we we could use the red cord, but. I, I think the best way, considering we're considering doing the Necromancers, is right after Deadbeat, where they really make their appearance. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, nothing. Forget it. Go on. <laughs> yeah, don't give spoilers to the audience, because we don't want no, to ruin I'm... their their enjoyment of the books. I don't care if you give me spoilers, but if you say something that's going to be a spoiler, it's going to be cut out of the, of the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> just so you know, um, uh, yeah, I don't think that's a terribly big spoiler, but yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It just seemed like she was going to say something that might be pertinent to. <laughs> yeah, I was. And then I kind of went, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> Not good. 
You know, I, mean, I was just thinking we could place it in the the time or of the early books and still talk about necromancers without having to go into details or have mm. the same flavor as the ones we met in the books. Sure. Yeah, because the ones in the books are fairly specific. Yeah. As it turned out. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. I know we probably just completely lost you there. No, no, it's fine. Um, I totally understand how this sort of thing works. But I guess my point is we can define it however we want to define it. It doesn't really matter. That That's sort of why the worksheet is here, so that we yeah. actually get it nailed down and have that expectation going forward. It doesn't matter to me whether you guys want to pick a particular time period out of the books or not. I mean, eventually I'll end up reading all the books. But to be to be perfectly frank, it's not going to affect the way I run the game. It's only going to affect your perception of it. So if it's important for you to have a, a specific time, that's fine with me. Eh. All right. Anyway. Any... No, go ahead. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll just say. I'll just say. I, I'm. Uh, this was put up our our reasons, and then let's decide it, and then let's go on. Uh, okay. I think we should start early on because uh, less spoilers, and it'll. I think it'll still uh, allow us creative freedom. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Aaron, do you have any opinion? Uh, I kind of wanted to set it, like I said, after Dead Beat, because that's kind of after a lot of the stuff that's in the books um, has gotten going. It's still early enough, enough, early enough on that uh, we're probably not going to spoil as many people, if anybody. Um, but it's farther enough, farther enough on that all the factions are pretty much in play at that point. Right, but uh, but what I'm saying is that because I haven't read the books, the way that the factions come into play is going to be different than the books. <laughs> I, I, I know, I see what you're saying. It's important for me for my perception is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. It's, if I can, if I can look at it and say, okay, this is what I, I what I think is going on at this time, I have a better idea of immersing myself in what. Uh, what in the entire game world is, is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Candace, what's your... We've got one um, vote for early and one vote for later. <laughs> oh, then you're going to hate me. <laughs> I personally don't care one way or the other. Uh, if we set it... Yeah, I really don't care wh- where it gets set simply because I've read it. So avoiding spoilers for me is 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 options. Um, it's better for the audience, I guess, if we don't particularly spoil the hell out of them. But at the same point in time, a lot of Harry's adventures are specific are specific to Chicago. There are overarching world-affecting events. Mm-hmm. So it might be better to kind of vaguely nail it down, like, say, between books three, five, or whatever. But I don't specifically care if we say, okay, this is set during the same timeline as Deadbeat or Changes or whatever. Okay, so um, Sam, so, you get a vote too. Yeah, well, so here's what I'm thinking. Aaron is really the only person that said that it will actually affect his perception of the game if we don't have it during a particular time. So we should probably go with that because it's easy. But I mean, like I said, to me, it's really a semantic thing because you know, I mean, I'm because I haven't read the books. Obviously, you know. Nothing that we do here is going to parallel, at least not intentionally, things from the from the books. 
Um, okay. And so, you know, there's not going to be uh, spoilers and, you know, no one's playing Harry Dresden and, you know, I mean, it, it, this is... Oh, you know, there went my idea. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even I'm aware that, that what's going on in the books at this particular time is going to have mm-hmm. little, if any, bearing on what's going on here. It's just yeah. for my, my perception and my immersion. Okay. Oh, yeah, but it could, fine. but it might, though, because if we're setting it during, say, a specific book... Or not, you know, not necessarily a specific book, but if we're setting it during a specific period in the series, mm-hmm. certain things aren't really good. You know what? It doesn't really matter because Sam hasn't read it, so yeah, it he's yeah. just going to do how, yeah, I, I how he feels. That we, we kind of started at a certain point, and it pretty much immediately goes off the rails com- compared to what happened mm-hmm. in the books. And I'm okay with that, just as so long as I have an idea, I have a perception of what came up to that point. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, well, Mark, do okay. you have a, a, any issues with that? Nope. Because you, you nope. seem to you, – you voted for early, but the, your reasons were just that you didn't want to spoil things for listeners, and it was easy to start early. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason. So I, could, I could play it either way. Not, not a okay. big deal. All right. I think you had a so, good reason to, to go with it. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the supernatural status quo then. So what's going on in the world right now or in our city? in terms of supernatural factions. <laughs> okay, now after all that... <laughs> after all that, you're asking us to spoil you, Sam. No, 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 no. Yeah, See, yeah, no. Just focus. no, no, no. I just want to know about our city. So if there's stuff going on in the books that only affects Chicago, where Harry Dresden is, then we don't need to know about it necessarily. And if it, if it does affect us, you can actually say it in a non-specific way. Right? So, right. So, I, I think it's easy to say something like, um, "Well, do you think that?" Okay, I'm, I'm getting caught up. The status quo right now feels like the status quo is in flux, which doesn't mm-hmm. really sound like a status quo. But is that what everybody's going for? It's in transition. I think would be the best way to put okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Transition to to what? Nobody's sh- uh, certain yet. Okay. So, um, so the, what would you say, um, wizards? Um, with little authority, um, you know, running amok. It. Yeah, running amok. That's a good one. Or have it wizards running or or, or these are <laughs> wizards <laughs> gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like They're a great nec- aspect. <laughs> and they don't necessarily have to be wizards, right? I mean, mm. what, what do you want to? What do you call? There's a lot of specific names for all these other practitioners. Yeah, but... you want me to you want me to go through those? So yeah, just so, so I... here's yeah here's um, the introduction to to the game uh, tells you about the world a little bit, and basically um, there are mundane mortals that have no clue about supernatural events, right? There are clued-in people who have had experiences with supernatural events but are still mundane. They don't do magic. They just... They they might be closer to believing than not believing in supernatural things, okay? And then there are minor talents. These are the people that are palm readers and prognosticators, and they have flashes of magical, you know, supernatural events happening to them, with them, facilitated by them, on purpose, maybe, and sometimes not on purpose, um, and so they truly believe in it, but they, you know, they're not true magicians, 
or wizards, okay? Then there are um, sorcerers, which are powerful, more powerful magic workers, okay? Um, and then there are... Uh, and sorcerers are generally thought of as, like, rogue, rogue wizards, right? They don't necessarily have the education or the... Um, the discipline that it took to, say, join the White Council. And the White Council is, of course, you know, they've got tools and talent, they abide by the laws of magic, they sort of are the kind of, you know, the good, quote-unquote, good body of, of wizards who know about power and who know that it takes responsibility and they try to live up to that. And then you have warlocks, which are um, people who break the laws, I suppose they could be considered sorcerers, except they're usually former law abiders that now break the law. Um, and then you've got necromancers who use the power of death to do magic, not just the power of magic itself. Um, and then, of course, you've got... Uh, so all those are mortals, right? And then you've got the sort of semi-mortals, which are things like werewolves, changelings... Um, infected people, which are ones that have been half-turned by vampires. Um, then you've got monsters, which are some other types of werewolves and vampires and ghouls, fairies and spirits and ghosts and demons, and all those sort of very different things. Okay, so... Um, so I, I, I would assume like the, the, the people who are running amok the most are not wizards. These wizards usually yeah. means training... Mm-hmm. And and all the stuff. So it'd be focused practitioners. Would that be the uh, the or kind of the catch-all or minor ta- talent? So those mm-hmm. guys are the ones running amok. Okay. So then there's so the the sort of bodies of of magic type beings that we would deal with are like the White Council that we've been talking about, and then all the different courts of the vampires. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know because there's the Jade Court, the Black Court, the White Court, the Red Court. Blah blah blah, and then there's the summer court and the winter court fairies, and then there's you know so we can talk to we can put them in terms of the different factions, or we can just say you know minor magic users, magic wielders are doing this, and people that abide by the laws of magic are doing this, and they're fighting these other people over here, and they're doing this. You know what I mean? Or we can state specific courts and councils and blah, blah, blah. It's completely up to us how we want to define it. I think it might be a little bit better if we went a little bit more general right now, because as we define the different locations and faces for those locations, we might be able to assign different factions in specific to the status quo at that point. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I do have a sentence I kind of worked out. That may may kind of give something. Uh, the era of free magic is taking root in the heart of the city, while the White Council and necromancers necromancers fight for the soul. And I was just thinking free magic, as in like free love of the of the sixties, and how it was very chaotic, and so free magic mm-hmm. would be the corresponding. Okay, so say that again. Uh, it could be reworded, but the era of free magic is taking root in the heart of the city, while the council and the necromancers fight for its soul. Well, you can make something else up, but at least I think that kind of it puts it in a nutshell of kind of what's going on and the conflicts. Uh, very, I'm trying to use the their Baltimore example as a 
you know, where they said, you know, the summer mm-hmm. dances around the edges while these guys are doing that. Okay. So I have the era of free magic is taking root in the city while the White Council and the Necromancers do what? Battle for control? Yeah, that's a good one. That's better. Okay. All right. Is that a good status quo for you guys? I think so. Okay. What's the mundane status quo? How how much do people know, normal people, non-magical people know about this? Is there lots of crime? Is there lots of crime in the city? Is there, is there lots of crime, but it's generally centered around the university? Is there a large gang population? Is there a small gang population? Is there lots of drugs? Are there no drugs? You know, what, what's the sort of criminal activity of the city? Well, there would definitely be a rising crime rate simply because we've got the necromancers in town. And they're going to, by default, leave a lot of messy bodies around them. Okay, so homicide rate is up? Yep. Mm-hmm. What about drugs? It is a party town now. It's a, it's a big university town, so yeah, I think so. Yeah, but is that just going to be like ecstasy and pot, or are we going to get into the harder stuff? You know what, let's just leave it at ecstasy and pot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Free love. It ties into the free love. Now, uh, does that mean that there is a a large population of drug dealers, or is there one main supplier? Is it organized? Is it disorganized? Is it something the police are pursuing, or are they apathetic and don't care? Well, I I think we should always give the uh, cops their benefit of doubt, like they're trying, but the – Maybe the chaos – it's chaotic would seem that instead of one big leader in the gang world, there's uh, a lot of a lot of small gangs. So that's kind of over over um, taking the, the cops on that. There's just so much of it going around, a whole bunch of small entities. And I imagine that the cops are going to be much more concerned with the escalating homicide rate than they are about kids smoking weed on the co- college campus. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in a, in a lot of ways, it's more about the perception. So oh, if, yeah. the, if the perception of the town's citizens is that the cops are on top of it, it doesn't really matter what the cops are actually doing. It's more about how they're perceived, right? So um, it's true they're probably much more worried about the increasing homicide rate, especially if it's increasing at an exponential rate. But what's the perception of the populace? Is it that the cops are doing a good job or that the cops are apathetic and don't care? Um, what if we did, like, a mix of both? Do you know? Like, yeah, they're doing the best they can about the homicide, but at the same point in time, they're completely ignoring the drug problem. I mean, come on. Yeah, Do you know I what think I mean? that's a good way to put it. Okay. Because that, that would make the most logical sense anyway. So certain people, like the more conservative people, are going to be horrified by the murders, but... You know, we've always had that kind of awful section of people, but the corruption of our youth, who will think about the children? Do you know what I mean? And the other people are just going to be like, what are you guys talking about? People are dying. That's clearly more important. Okay, so here's what I have as the mundane status quo. The homicide rate is increasing. Ecstasy and pot, the typical party drugs, are in heavy use, but they have a disorganized distribution by small-time dealers and the cops are doing what they can about the homicides, but 
basically ignoring the drugs because it's so chaotic they can't really do much about it. Sounds great. Sounds good. Yeah, works for me. Okay. So now, um, uh, now we go move on to the movers and shakers uh, part of the worksheet here, where. Um, so there's this, this is the one with the quadrants, right? So the four quadrants are who wants to maintain the status quo, who wants to rock the boat, versus who's in the know and who's in the dark. So the what we have to decide is who wants to maintain the status quo but is also in the dark, and who wants to maintain, maintain the status quo but is in the know about this stuff, and then who wants to rock the boat but is actually in the dark, and who wants to rock the boat and it actually is in the know. Okay, so... Okay. So if I give what you if, the example from the book, again, that's... Um, yeah, but a lot of the wait, examples in the book are actual needs. Yeah, well, so that's what I was going to say is we might want to wait. Well, no, so the example in the book for movers and shakers is, for example, in the quadrant, who wants to maintain the status quo and who's in the dark? Well, the, the corrupt nightlife and the politicians are in the dark, and they also want to maintain the status quo because they're, they're getting benefit from it. Um, the criminals and the cops are on the line between maintaining the status quo and rocking the boat, but they're both also in the dark about supernatural stuff, right? So when I say in the dark or in the know, I'm just talking about supernatural stuff, not about mm. the crime rate or any mundane things. Whereas, so then the names come in when you talk about who's in the know and who wants to maintain the status quo. Well, then they have these different groups, like the summer court people, um, this this other different group here. There's some religious groups that are in the know, but they, they want to both maintain and, and rock the boat. Um, so we don't have those those groups set up yet. So we could, um, I mean, we can fill out the who's in the dark portion, but we might want to wait for the who's in the know portion. We might be able to go more general with the who's in the know and wants to rock the boat. Like say, because we're probably not going to have, we're probably not going to be privy to actual character names like the identity of the head necromancer or the the identities of the necromancers if they are going to be plural. So you can just throw yeah. those under who wants to rock the boat and is in the know. Okay. Well, I think so. I think we should be able to. I mean, I think normally we do create those things and we would know about them, and even though our characters may not. Yeah, we're going to create yeah. the location, location aspects and faces. Um, so so let, let's do this. Let's fill this out um, a little bit prematurely right now with the ones that we know. And then after the location and the faces portion, we'll come back and maybe add some it. more groups. Yeah, exactly. Because we still have to come back to the themes and threat section and fill in the actual faces, because after you finish faces, you got to come back to this and fill out who's doing what. It sort mm-hmm. of it keeps you directed when you're actually doing the faces section, so that you have these things to come back to. So, um, all right. So, who wants to maintain the status quo, but is in the dark about supernatural stuff? I was thinking on that, and I can't. I, I don't really have a good one for that. Who's in the dark and wants to? Maintain the status quo. I mean, I well, guess you could say that the like the the police and the politicians wanted to keep the status quo, assuming that the status mm-hmm. quo means before the influx of uh, murders and and that sort of thing. Well, I actually think that the police might want to keep the increased homicide rate and not think too much about that because what happens is it 
increases their funding if they as long as they can justify it right or maybe it's the maybe it's the prosecutors and the the legal system the courts that want that want status quo maintained because they get to look good by uh, convicting a lot of murderers and getting reelected judges get reelected and politicians get more money for their districts and et cetera et cetera Okay, okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's good. That, that's that good. still leaves us without a a, uh, a status quo for in the dark. Well, though the politicians, it sure it does. No, the no, yeah. yeah, the politicians and the and the judges and and some of the higher up cops, the people who deal with budgetary concerns, they all want to maintain the status quo, but they're in the dark uh, for supernatural stuff. They don't really know that there's wizards running around and. You know, maybe some of them are clued in, but most of them are not. Um, so they actually want to maintain the status quo because they want they want the high rates so that they have jobs to do and they get reelected. Okay, if we're gonna go like that, why don't we say like the upper crust of society, like the old money families, they would probably be in the dark and want to maintain the status quo as well because shaking things up means they're potentially gonna lose, well, you know, everything. Like their businesses, their houses, that kind of deal. Okay. I'll go with that one. As long as taxes don't get raised, they're happy. They want to maintain the status quo. That's always yeah, exactly. true, by the way. It doesn't matter what the community is. The rich always want the status quo maintained as long as they don't raise taxes. Yeah. yeah. That's, a good, that's a good good rule of thumb. Yeah. So, yeah, you can put on old money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So politicians and judges and old money families want to maintain the status quo but are in the dark. Who wants to rock right. the boat but is also in the dark? Uh, well, oh, the, the college kids, the college drug dealers, they might not necessarily be in the know, but, I mean, they're the ones that are down with the free love, if not the free magic. Yeah, they're yeah. taking advantage of the situation, if nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, it doesn't matter if well, like it doesn't matter if they're distributors. They're higher-ups. Like the people that are supplying them with the I mean, drugs might if, be. If, if, in if, they're the, if they're the drug dealers, though, then they don't. They want the status quo because the we've we've already established that the status quo is is the oh, free yeah. love stuff. So yeah. wouldn't it be like the the liberal student kids who says this is bad and, and look at all the corrupt politicians want? They're the ones who are in the dark but also want to rock the boat. So how okay. about student activists? I can see that too. I can see it either way. I can see the drug dealers wanting to rock the boat to push harder, more expensive stuff. I mean, go beyond okay. the the free love pot and ecstasy and move so into. So you, you know, mean the drug suppliers, not the yes. dealers? Yeah, not necessarily dealers, but the suppliers. Okay. Because the dealers like it right now because they're dealing in small mm. potatoes, so they don't get prosecuted when they get caught, and they don't they rarely get caught because the homicide rate is up, so they don't want to rock the boat. But the the Suppliers want to rock the boat because they want to bring heavier stuff in. They see a market. They see a potential market for. for right. And so, suddenly, all I'm imagining is the plot of the movie Blow. <laughs> that was a great drug, movie. Drug oh, I loved it. Mm. Okay, and so I we can put cops in the middle. They they sort of want the status quo, and they sort of don't. Right. Right. So basically what that does is that tells you that any individual police officer or any pair of police officers that you meet, you're not quite sure what their status is. So that actually brings in some 
ambiguity into the into the game. Mm-hmm. So, do we want to fill out who's in the know and wants to maintain or rock the boat? We can at least fill in the uh, White Council and the Necromancers on that. I mean, well, on the uh, uh, rocking the boat, the Necromancers, and maintaining the status quo, obviously the White Council. No, actually, I think they both want to rock the boat. Right? The White Council wants to destroy the free love or free magic. It, it depends on how you want to define the status quo. I mean, if it's the status quo, we're defining it as things have already kind of gotten out of hand, then... Yeah, the, the well here's the, the so here's the supernatural status quo as we have defined it. The era of free magic is taking root in the city while the White Council and the Necromancers battle for control. So okay. neither one of them really wants to maintain the status quo. They both want to rock the boat because the White Council wants more control back, which would which would move the status quo into the more conservative direction, and the necromancers want the White Council to have less control, which would move it into the more chaotic direction. Okay, so neither one of them want to rock the boat. I mean, neither one of them want to maintain status quo. They both want to rock the boat. Is there anybody who is in the know? Just want to, you know, tear the town in. Yeah, exactly. Um, Is there anyone who is in the know who wants to maintain the status quo? Actually, uh, could could we consider the idea that the necromancers may want to see the, keep the status quo because they're they still want cover, and or or, or since, are we going to consider their long term plans, which is you know ex, you know huh. so much That's time has gone bad because they they kind of created this situation right they right. they are pulling people in to to hide in the masses and so if it's working for them they want to keep it status quo they want to, they actually want to keep it the status quo that's true yeah, that's a good point okay i'll go with that the necromancers are in the know and they want to maintain status quo because it's good yeah and the white well, council it's good for them <laughs> to, it's good for them right the white council wants to rock the boat because they want things to go back towards more control okay so we, i think the way things were yeah, to the way things work. Are there is there any is there any group that we envision? Well, we can get that. I was going to say, is there any group that we envision in the middle um, that benefit from both? And so, the whether they choose to to work towards maintaining the status quo or rocking the boat is going to depend upon the exact situation they're in when they have to make the choice. I imagine right. the lower classes, like the disenfranchised, um, you know. People who live in poverty are probably benefiting from the increased drug trade because they might be dealing, but maintaining the status quo for them means staying poor and homeless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and so because those, they're on the fringe of society, they might see more than the regular average Joe Schmo, but they're not going to know everything because they're just you know regular ordinary people. Okay, so they're clued in, but they're not... They're clued yeah. in terms of they might they might see ghosts and they believe that they saw ghosts, but they don't know yeah. how to wield magic. Okay. They're, they're yes. more clued in than the average person, certainly. Yeah. Okay. So and people, what do we... people think they're crazy because of it. Right, right. They're most often uh, compared to people with mental illnesses, right? That, yeah, oh, right, because the homeless... some of them usually are. Yeah, well, yeah. And the not true. That's not true. They actually know what's really going on, Candace. Right. Oh, yeah, no, no. But I mean, like, yeah, the, the public perception. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yep. so were we talking homeless or extremely extremely impoverished people then? Is that what we're going to call that group? 
Sure. Yeah, the disenfranchised and impoverished. Okay. Yeah, they're so far gone, they don't care. Yeah. Right. Okay, so let's move on to locations. So, um... So, uh, we talked a little bit about locations before, but, um... So this, this can be anything from a particular store or restaurant or hotel or individual building to an entire neighborhood to a location or an event that happens every year or every week or every month at a particular time and doesn't necessarily stay. Like we talked about that music in the park thing or whatever it was. Um, First Thursday. Right. That's so, literally what it's called. <laughs> really, yeah. So – uh, you know, so that we can we can discuss those things. Now, when I was doing my research, I looked up a little bit online. Just before we started the call, I was online and I um, I looked up uh, Austin neighborhoods or something like that, and I got this really nice website that spelled out all the neighborhoods, and it would actually highlight where the neighborhood is on a map, like Google Maps, you know. Oh, awesome! Um, oh, but, good. Um, I... Can you link that in the chat? Well, I don't have it open because I had to restart my computer. I didn't save the link. But just Google Austin neighborhood maps or something like that, and you'll get a bunch of different things. Uh, But, you know, so we can actually – well, let's see. I can probably open it up. Sometimes when I do it and and I'm recording, it doesn't – the recording program doesn't like when I open up other internet and take up bandwidth. So let me – Okay, was it statesman.com or Austin home listings or – let, let me let me see I've if I can it find up. it. Yeah. Okay. No, that wasn't it. It wasn't the Statesman one, although I did look at that. Yeah, that one seems to blow. There was one that had it had links where you could click on it and it would tell you about that neighborhood. And they and they weren't all. It would tell you all the neighborhoods, and then and it had them split up into north, south, east, west. You know. Um, let me see. Is it this one? Oh, I got one. Here it is. It's the small planet guide. Here, I'll link it. Okay. There you go. Um, and so you can you can click on, for example, the East Riverside Old Dwarf one, and it shows you the map. It shows you where it's at. Um, the, the really cool one is, uh, Hyde Park, which is near the university. So it tells you it's one of the most populous neighborhoods, blah, blah, blah. So that's a really good neighborhood website. If we want to, uh, if we want to sort of reference that while we're talking about this, we don't really need to pick a bazillion neighborhoods. We only need two or three. And then, um, you know, the rest of what we pick will be, um, specific locations within those neighborhoods, maybe, or something like that. Um, And so for these, we're going to, just like in every other area of the game, we're going to pick whether something is a theme or a threat and uh, what the idea is, what the aspect of it is, and what the major face in that group, in that location is. So, for example, it could be... um, I'll give you one from San Francisco. So the Castro is the gay district, right? So that would be a theme, and the idea 
of the theme would be, you know, it's it's the gay district, the rainbow district, and the aspect might be, you know, um, uh, it's very open culturally or something. And then the face might be the owner of a very popular restaurant there, you know, so that that's like an example, right? The, one of the examples from the book is um, there's a threat for Baltimore named Federal Hill Park, and it's a park on the south shore of the Inner Harbor, and the idea of the threat is that there are tunnels beneath that hide ghouls, and the aspect of it is it's a gateway to hell, and then there's a ghoul tyrant who's the main face in that area named Gilgamesh. So that's the sort of thing we want to do. So we're going to pick these locations, and then we're going to pick you know who's the sort of control person or contact person in those locations. I actually threw a PDF up earlier in the wave with a bunch of different places that could be good locations. Like um, it includes the Ann Richards Congress Avenue bridge. That's the one with the million bats. There's Spartan Springs. Okay. There the, uh, that's a public swimming pool. It's open year round. But the thing that caught my eye about that is it was originally used by uh, one of the local needle local Native American tribes for purification rituals. So that might be a really, really good one. Okay. Well, so I I will have a hard time opening up other windows, so I'm going okay. to rely on you guys to do to talk this through and tell me <clears throat> what you guys want. Because ultimately, you're the ones adventuring in the neighborhood, so... Right. So, uh, so... Can you name that again and let let um? We don't Which even one? need to know the 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 bridge, right? I think that's the the Ann W. Richards Congress Avenue Bridge. I'm just going to call it Congress Avenue Bridge. Okay. I don't know who Ann Richards was. Former <laughs> is. of Texas. Yeah. Sure, she was. Yeah, you you would she probably recognize a... her. She she yeah, is. she's <laughs> she's a pretty recent governor. <laughs> Um, okay, so so the name is the Richards Bridge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll do, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. What was the what was it's... the actual name? The con- Congress or what was? Uh, uh, yeah, Ann Richards Congress Avenue Bridge. Oh, Congress Avenue. That's actually uh, I found Congress Avenue on that website. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Soco area, the South Congress neighborhood, it's one strip of road. And it used to oh, be really so seedy. It's it's one that I actually read. I read like the first paragraph, and apparently it used to be a really seedy area, but now it's really sort of upscale, and people really worked to to build it up. So that's actually a pretty interesting area. So it's the Congress Congress Avenue Bridge. Yeah. All right. Let me write that down. I just CMP'd most of my information from Wiki. Okay, and so the um, the description is that it's the bridge with the largest population of bats in the world. Is that what was, what was the deal was? Yeah, the world's largest urban population of Mexican three-tailed bats. All right. So that says to me that... Red Court? I was thinking that. Red or black? Well, that seems to be a lot for black, right? I mean, considering there should be hardly any. 
Well, maybe right, that's so one of the things that that's so happening. The, maybe the Black Court is making a resurgence under disguise of this bridge. Okay, so is this a theme or a threat? I'm sensing it's a threat. Threat. I would yeah. say threat. Let's go Black Court. Black Courts would be fun. Well, so the other the thing idea, about the Black... Go ahead. Uh, the other thing about it is uh, the bats, every evening when they, you know, leave the nest effectively, they get over 100,000 visitors, both local and tourists, a year. So that's a big population for the black court to kind of, you know, skirt around the edges and feed from. You know, nab a guy from the mob, nobody's going to miss him. Right. Um, so uh, so the idea then is that the, this is a nest of black court vampires? Yeah, sure. Okay. And the nice thing about them, there's nothing really spoiler about Black Court. It's it's essentially everything you know from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay, yep. and so the aspect then is basically what Candace just said: easy feeding grounds. Oh, cool. Good hey, one. I got something right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now do we want to put a face on this one? All we need is a name and a concept. Moira so Blackguard. Well, so this is either we could either this would either be someone in the black court that is a an, an NPC person, or it could be someone that is a mortal mundane person that believes that the bats are evil or has some sort of idea about the bats that's trying to get rid of them, or you know what I mean. This could be anybody. It doesn't have to be a black court vampire that's the face of this particular section. I, I kind of okay. like the idea of having a black court as the face, though. I think it would okay. give us something to uh, face off against, so to speak. Okay. That's fine. I'm just letting you know that there are more options than what is mm -hmm. the most obvious. So, okay, well, so who, who is it then? Uh, we need a name. <laughs> I just Plus, threw Moira Blackguard. Let's go with her. I like that name. That, that sounds suitably Blackguard. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, hey, I'm wrapping up the gold stars. <laughs> what, is her, what is her concept? Um, let's just make her the head of the nest. Okay. That might be the easiest thing to do. Nest queen. I think queen. they, think they mm. call it a scourge. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Next location then. Let's see. What else looks like a good... Now, remember, these are all going to be either themes or threats, so... Um... Oh, the Hippie Hollow Park. Oh, what a perfect name. <laughs> I know it. Hi well, Hippie no, Hollow it's... Park, is that the actual yeah. name of it? Okay. That's the actual name of it. It's uh, the only clothing optional park in the state of Texas. The only legal clothing optional park in the state of Texas. Okay. Okay. Which makes it, to my mind, that like that might be perfect for, you know, if we've got any contingent of werewolves or whatever. Because they can just oh. shift back and nobody's going to care if they're naked because so is everybody else. Okay. Only legal clothing optional park in Texas. That is so funny. Okay. So is that a theme or a threat? That sounds like a threat again. I, oh, I don't know. We could make that no. a theme. I think it sounds like a theme. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's ter anything terribly threatening about that. 
Okay. Oh, well, I was going naked on the werewolves. Naked werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> Beware the naked werewolves. Okay. <laughs> so the idea is it's one of the more weird spots compared to the rest of Texas. Well, it's clothing optional. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, in right, Texas. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's its aspect? Okay, I came up with it. Somebody else can do that. <laughs> Come if you are. <laughs> oh, I, I like can't that. believe that's you a, said that's that. That's a good one, yeah. Oh. I like it. It's a, place where, it's a place where no one is shocked about things that happen there. That's a great aspect. And no one is judged about it either. Now, where is that? <laughs> okay. Uh, um... <laughs> It's a no, I, I mean, It's situated along Lake Travis. Uh, so in let terms see, of let me see if I can I can nail it down more. It's got a separate Wikipedia article, so okay. Um, I should have left all that open. Okay, so who's the face of uh, of Hippie Hollow Park? How about a a mortal? Um, like a caretaker? Six-year-old hippie lady? Um, uh, I, 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 what I'm envisioning is uh, uh, the uh, the teacher from Harry Potter for divination. Oh. But I, I haven't seen Harry Potter, so. Oh, okay. Okay, so you haven't read Justin Files. You haven't seen Harry Potter. Sam. Do you live under a rock? Okay. No, I do. No, I, I pretty much do because I'm a PhD student in neurobiology. I don't have time okay. to watch TV or go to movies. Okay. <laughs> and all of okay. my free time is, is spent playing role-playing games. So <laughs> I, I forgive of, you. You could always my, my catch choice, up on my My choice is either uh, play role-playing games or or <laughs> like play, play this tonight with you guys or watch TV, and I would rather play with you guys. So... Good choice. Oh, I feel so special now. I know. I love you. <laughs> oh, now we're getting all weepy. I haven't had enough to drink for this. Um, okay, so uh, what's uh, what is uh, what's the who's the face of this? We, you were mentioning a, a sixty-year-old woman. Yeah, something like that. Um, kind of like an old hippie lady, and um, can't think of a name. The wiki article mentions Christine Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N. I don't know if we want to use real people's yeah. names, though. So, She's Christine Potts. Right? Yeah, Potts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Christine Potts. It's perfect. So when, and, but what's her concept? Is she a defender of – I mean, she's a hippie, so she's a defender of the park. Does she exactly. do things to make sure it stays open? Is she in the know or is she – I think she's in the know. I yeah, would say I she's so. in the know. Okay, I mean, she may, And she has a backup of, um, you know, lycanthropes or werewolves. As, uh, <laughs> but she only cooks them tofu steaks because she's a big hippie. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So Christine Potts, with two T's, works to keep the park open and is in the know. All right. Next place. <clears throat> 
All right. Getting more difficult as we go. And of course, <laughs> I think I want to make sure we know that this is our version of well, Austin because we have right, no sure. idea. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. So think, think about it this way. You're, you're going to need some sort of a, a restaurant to gather at that's friendly to you. You're going to need um, a couple of places that are known meeting places of bad supernatural people that you know about that you you wouldn't necessarily go to unless forced to, but they are well-known places. You're going to need a couple of neighborhoods, one that's probably rife with crime, maybe where all the most of the homicides are happening, and you're going to need one that's uh, relatively benign that you, maybe you all live in that area or something. All right. Um, trying to work it on here. Uh, restaurant guide. <laughs> <laughs> Click. I knew I should have picked up that copy of Fromers. <laughs> So basically all we need, though, is we can make up a restaurant name. You you guys just have to pick the neighborhood and who the face is, basically. Oh, why not have it down by the university? That yeah, would, that's that good. Would, that would seem to be the place where you'd have a kind of a, a quirky restaurant, cafe, whatever, at least mm, in okay. my experience. So I guess um, the area we're talking about is going to be Hyde Park. Okay. Is that well, worth the? That's, uh, that's the neighborhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right next to the University of Texas. And I'm reading down through the article here now, the the Small Planet Guide thing, and they mention like a lot of restaurants. So. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. So. Well, we just we, like I said, um, want to try to make up our own. Um, yeah, let's, let's make up our own restaurant. How about something to do with ley lines? Getting laid. <laughs> I knew it. I was waiting. It was either going to be you or Aaron. <sighs> Mark, I'm telling you, you're headed for brick. Are you going to PAX? No, no. <laughs> okay, then you're safe. Um, the easy lay. Let's see. Well, do you think of a name? Well, you say hey, use the term that's lay perfect. lines. <laughs> what? The easy lay. The easy lay. I'm working. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, veto. <laughs> it's a university town. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm not getting involved. You guys have fun. Okay, never mind. All right. It's spelled different. I'm just, I'm just here to veto the, the, you know, the worst suggestions. Well, we've only had two so far, and we've nixed both of them. So. Well, you said use the word lay, so. You can't use the word lay. <laughs> this is perfect. Schultz Beer Garden. It's really, it's right there. It's real. And it has, what could be better than a beer garden? I could think okay. of several things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink beer. Tell me about, tell me about it. How's it spelled, first of all? Uh, S, uh, <laughs> I can't even speak. S-H-U-L-T-Z. Beer garden, and it is a uh, it's a cool looking little uh, restaurant that looks like it has trees growing out of the central area. So you go into it, and then it's almost like an open air. Uh, good good fifty percent of it is open air, and there's trees and uh, places to sit. And okay. uh, it's right next, it's right across the street from a whole bunch of tennis courts. Okay. All right, theme or threat? 
Is this a safe house for you guys? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So we'll call that a theme. Neutral the territory. Yeah, yeah. Ne- neutral territory. Is that the idea? For the aspect. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think having that as the aspect would be good. It would be something interesting to to call to call that aspect. Okay. So so the idea of it then is just a supernatural gathering place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and since it's kind of out in the open, it's going to cater more towards werewolves and uh, it, kind of where the the. Uh, <laughs> What? Excuse me. Oh, I thought that was a joke. I was sneezing. <laughs> she was laughing at you. <laughs> no, that's no. such a stupid idea. No, uh, I would never say that out loud. <laughs> that's what that's what typing's for. Okay. All right. Who's the face there? The owner, the barmaid, the the tavern owner, the person who serves drinks, the waitress slash waiter. Who is it? That's got to be the the owner, right? Yeah. Okay. Got to be in charge, especially if it's going to be neutral ground. All right. What's his or her name? Samuel. Franklin. Franklin. That's a good Franklin. one, too. Yeah, let's go Franklin. Franklin. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Sam. <laughs> that's all right. All right. What's his last name? Beer. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Schultz. 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 Yeah, Schultz. Yeah. Franklin sure. Schultz. It's All Schultz right. Beer Gert, so. Caribaldi. Is, <laughs> is he in the know? <laughs> or is he. Yeah, yeah. He was afforded neutral ground, so he's in the know. Okay. Is he Now, is he a supernatural himself, or is, is he going to be just like random dude who signed on? Uh, I think that's ambiguous to everyone. I think everyone would assume he has some sort of power. Otherwise, how could he have the neutral ground place? But I think he hasn't been forced to use his power. Sounds perfect. Okay, that works. Okay. Now, I think the university should be one of the locations. I tend to agree. But should should we have? I, I don't think we should have the entire university. I think we should pick something specific within the university, like a particular building or a particular area on what campus. About, what about a particular frat house? Like, um, I know in the book they specify as kind of a theme of their city that the Alpha Beta whatever's got whatever they wanted. Well, what if we had a similar fraternity, not necessarily privileged, but the ones for whom, like, they were the key part of the place. Like, if you want to score weed or X, you go see these people. Okay. All right. Who is it? I felt a thigh. (laughs) (laughs) Phi Gamma Nu. Okay. What's the description? Are they all rich? Are they all drunkards? Are they all... I'm kinda... Why not do yeah, both? I mean, they can tie into the idea that they're part of the old money that want to keep the status quo. Okay. Um, but they could be your typical, um, you know, privileged frat boy asshole 
kind of thing. Gee, Aaron, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I only okay. used one swear word then. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's their house look like? Is it a huge? So it's a huge old money estate house. There have got to be pillars. I, I demand pillars. Yeah, and, okay. and lions. No, not to hell with that. <laughs> just just pillars. Okay. Lions and and part nobility. So is this a threat or a theme? I'd say threat. Yeah. Okay. Really? I, I, oh, it's the thing it's is more than we, just a... Th- it's not a very big threat, I wouldn't say, but I'd say it's more than just a theme. Wouldn't you? I, they could be distraction. Like, they could literally just be pawns. Well, in the greater scheme things, a theme isn't necessarily a lesser thing than a threat. It just it just means that it's sort of the thing that everybody knows about that area or that place. Like, you know, oh, you know, Flygamma New House. Oh yeah, that's you know, that's where the most drug trafficking comes out of. You know, for the for that whole part of the city, and everybody knows it. But it, the people who know it are the people who are involved in some way so they don't tell the cops so the cops may or may not know kind of thing so that's a theme not a threat because it's not supernatural it's just here's something that's going on and everybody kind of knows about it you know it's something like you you would use it as leverage probably in the game right if you if some frat person that was involved in this house got in trouble and or had some information you wanted to know you could use this aspect or the theme of their house to lean on them and say, well, you know, I know about the activities over there and you'll, you could be in much worse trouble than you think you're in right now kind of thing. That's not a threat. That's just a theme. Okay. So okay. we'll just make it a theme then. I, I mean, I could see it either way, so I have no problem with it being a theme. Well, I mean, it can be a threat. I'm just saying that I, I'm trying to get away from thinking of something as a theme as benign and something as a threat as a real threatening thing. It's more like um, a threat is something that is going to have to be taken care of if you run up against it, whereas a theme is just a sort of idea of a place. It doesn't necessarily. Yeah, I don't, I don't imagine having to wipe out the, the frat house. <laughs> yeah. Although, kind of maybe. To me. <laughs> okay, so it's a theme. So. So the idea then is that the they're the drug traffickers for the young people. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I think that ties in. They I, see when I'm thinking a, a frat like that or a place where a lot of people are coming in and out. It's going to be a good place to go to find information. Right. Have you ever spoken to a drunken stoner? Well, <laughs> you're not really going to get much out of well, it. You should have seen you, last what, what night. Happens. But wait, but what happens is they see a lot of people and they know who's doing drugs, even the people that nobody else suspects is doing drugs. Oh, so they yeah, they point. do know they know a lot of information. Yeah. And especially um, if it's a frat house, it could kind of be organized. There may be some darker thread to it all. Mm. It's not necessarily a threat to the city, but yeah, they, they you know, it's, maybe it's just essentially the old boy um, club, you know the starting the starting block. So, okay, all right. So we have uh, Phi Gamma New House. It's a huge old money estate house, the home of a frat. It's a theme, 
the idea is that they're the drug traffickers for the young the younger population and the aspect is that they're information gatherers so who's their mm. face uh, well John Belushi's character no uh... <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny to have a face of, of, a, of a, maybe a kind of a sinister semi-sinister organization to be really just not really the the controller of it, but just like this kind of a buffoon who may or may not actually have control. Pluto. But he's the face. Yeah, Pluto. Thank you. Did you use the internet as your brain right there? Or <laughs> well, actually... considering I've never seen Animal House, yeah. Oh. Oh. So is he is he a is he a, a senior frat member then? Is that is that what we're saying? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't Bluto the name of the bad guy in Popeye? Yes. I think so. Oh, okay. And what's our guy's name? Bluto. (laughs) Right? Vito. Oh, God. Big Fish. Big Fish. Uh, That could be his nickname. Big Fish. Big Fish. What's his real name, though? Uh, Vernon Wormer. He was the dean in Animal House, so it's kind of appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Kind of a nice revenge to make him the head of our drunken, druggy frat. Now, is he in the know? I would say no, right? No. No. Not clued in. Okay. All right, next place. Oh, um, this ties a little bit into my character. I was thinking that possibly my character might have inherited kind of a new age occult type shop. So if we wanted to use that as a location, okay. that might be and, a good thing. And you could be the face. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite get that far. <laughs> what is your character's name? Didn't get that far either. Way to put okay. me on the spot. <laughs> uh, so, what? Um, what type of uh, stuff is the shop going to sell? What What would be its most popular item? And oh, so is it a sort of hokey-looking novelty shop-looking thing that actually is a good occult shop, or is it really truly a good occult shop that sort of has no storefront? You have to know the secret knock to get in. I was thinking the former, kind of along the lines of the magic box in Buffy, and I know that's stereotypical and cliche, but... Okay, I know you're gonna, your head's going to explode, but I've never seen Buffy, so... That's okay. That's not going to make my head explode at all. I don't, I don't know what the magic box in Buffy is. <laughs> okay, well... You know. Okay, it's um, like if you want to walk in and buy a love spell or a love potion, like any typical moron off the street, you can do that. But if you walk in and ask for a specific artifact, Mm -hmm. then the person behind the counter is going to know that you know what you're at and will get it for you. So you're about heaven sent or heaven sent. Go ahead. (laughs) Your clientele could be the tourist in the plaid pants. And was the shirt, walking in with his wife to buy the trinket they saw in the window, or right next to them at the counter is the person who's actually there to buy some component of a real spell. Is that the is that the sense of what I'm getting? Yeah. That that's the sense of what I'm getting. Is that correct? Yeah, to exactly. You? Okay. Yeah, that's exactly you, it. 
what did you want to um, to call it? Aside from the heaven sent. <laughs> Aside from what? Well, he said heaven sent. It should be called heaven sent. And uh, that's a pretty frou-frou name. So. Yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm imagining inheriting this place, so my character really had nothing to do with the name of it. Maybe she thinks it's hokey, too. Okay. So is that what you want to call it, then? Well, why don't we call it... Hmm. I don't know. Um, oh, so. No, yeah, no, call it Heaven Sent. I like that. It will smell eternally of patchouli. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm assuming that's a theme, not a threat. Yeah. Well, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the threat could be that if some have necromancer... Burn down. Well, it could be a threat because if a necromancer discovers that it is a true magic shop ran by a true person who can perform the arts, they might decide it's a threat and then they might come to attack you or they might mm. come to spy on you. In that case, it would be a threat. Um, okay, so what's the idea of the... So we have the idea, the aspect, and the face. Um... Is this so... Let me let me help you along. I'll ask questions. Well, no, um, I'm... Is this I'm going just... to be a, a meeting place, or is this just going to be a place where people come to buy reagents and, and magical components? Well, I was thinking more like a quickie mart. You know, like you could just walk in off the street and pick up whatever you needed, kind of like a, a one-stop shop for all your yep. magical convenient needs. How's that? How about the aspect okay. being, I have just the thing you need? Okay. Yeah, I like that. Sure. I like that. It's neat. Mark is going to be my silent partner. <laughs> He's going to be the, the secret one that runs the place. I'm just walking in. <laughs> okay. And then, so the idea is your one-stop shop. Yep. Okay. All right. Next location. Is this our fifth? This is number six. Oh, okay. We have the Congress Avenue Bridge, Hippie Hollow Park, Schultz Beer Garden, uh, Phi Gamma New House, and Heaven Sent. Hmm. So we need another threat, right? I, th I think we could use one, yeah. Yeah, now remember that we're going to end up tying these back to the themes and threats of the whole of the high level city that we did so we need to tie in the keep Austin weird or look the other way with the aspect of ley lines as far as the eyes can see and the white council conservative okay go ahead the little field building okay is it was built at the start of the 1900s and it's weird because it's got a seven and a half floor like they <laughs> uh, well, they uh, upped the height of the building. They added two more stories. So it goes seven, half floor, that used to be the roof, eighth and ninth floors. But the thing about it is, is that it's, uh, it was, I found it actually on one of the paranormal sites that Aaron listed in the wave, that it's people have seen uh, figures and shadows and stuff moving on the quote unquote half floor, 
which okay. is apparently unused. So we can have that be like the headquarters of a threat or something nefarious going on there, and the headquarters of it could be this floor that's supposed to be unused. Okay. Alex, so, so that's a threat. So what's the idea then? It's a headquarters for someone. So who's it's a head, who's it a headquarters for? What about the necromancers? I mean, it'd be. I mean, we don't have to do that, but it's an idea. Yeah, that might be good. Yeah, unless, unless we can find a better one, I, maybe we should just pin it down as the necromancers and then uh, let's pencil it in unless we find something better. Yeah. There's an abandoned flight tower. Um, I have the Google Earth coordinates, but I, I don't have an actual location on a map. But yeah. I've got a photo of it here. And that looks really cool. Like, it's in the middle look, of nowhere. It's out of the way. Yeah. Okay, it's, well, like so... It's, it depends on how you want to do it. Do you feel like the necromancers would want a headquarters that's sort of in the middle of nowhere and out of the way? Or do you want necromancers, would, they would have a headquarters that's sort of right downtown or right in the middle of town and so therefore hidden in plain sight kind of thing? Well, I mean, we kind of thought that they're stirring things up. I mean, so I think they might want to be right in the middle so they can keep an eye over, over what havoc they're wreaking. So that's and the other thing opinion. about the other thing about that is to tie in with what Aaron just said is that the Littlefield building has a reputation of being haunted because of this half floor that they've got. So that ties in with keeping their secrets. Okay. People are just like, if you see lights going on, hear doors or people on the floor, people are just going to write it off and say, well, well, you know, the building's haunted. So it gives them a measure of security. Okay. So, um, what is the aspect? So the idea is that it's the headquarters for the necromancers. What about right under your nose? Ah, okay. Nice one. Anything else? So, <clears throat> who's the face? Do we want to define the face? I'm okay with leaving it blank for now. Yeah. Okay. I, I know we're supposed to come up with these sorts of things altogether, but I'd like some mystery. I mean, yeah, yeah I was no, thinking, no, thinking it, the, the same book, thing. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. the book actually says um, if you don't determine it, that's fine. That uh, that the the GM or the players can actually determine it later. No, that, that's it's actually probably better for that one, especially to be to be left blank. So, mm -hmm. now, can anybody think of something interesting to do with the moonlight towers in Austin, <gasps> Texas? Oh my God, I love that idea. I was thinking about those, but they didn't end up in my PDF. I, I just, <laughs> I just can't. I can't, you know, it's they sound cool. They sound like something that's interesting, but I can't think of any way to integrate them. Yeah, I know. They're, the, they're um, these 165-foot towers. Oh, uh, wait. Okay, so I what, it. What it, where are they? What are they? They're it's all over the city, those. actually. They're, they're all over the city. They're essentially a form of uh, lighting that the, started out in the uh, 1800s. Uh, late 1800s, I believe. And uh, they just had this idea, let's just put these huge lights up to light up the city at night. And so this is the, Austin's the only uh, city in the world known to still operate them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There because streetlights took their place. 
Yeah, there are 17 towers still left. They're 50 meters tall. Somebody's reading just... Wikipedia. I am, actually, yes. <laughs> I figured it'd be better than just talking out of my ass, so, you know. Exactly. Oh, come on. It's a game. Okay. Anyway, no, go ahead. And, and yeah, they were All built right. in the 1800s to 1890s. 1880s okay. to 1890s, excuse me. They're run so... on mercury vapor right now. Yep. So they're a lot less bright than they used to be. But you can still read a watch by them. <laughs> All right. So, so what was your? You had an idea for those? No, I was, I, was, I was fishing in case anybody else came up. I was wondering. I, I'm, I'm I not sure. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Can't Candace have an idea? Well, because they're run on mercury vapor right mm-hmm. now, and because there are so few of them left compared, like 17 compared to the original 31. What if they were an original idea for the White Council? to kind of dampen the magic or to as a monitoring system to keep control of the local paranormal community. Like they were trying to ground out the ley lines? Yeah. yeah. That's really, I like that idea. That's really nifty. Almost like they were uh, put in specific places, almost uh, like a, a circle. Yeah, on purpose. That, yeah, help dampen the power. Or and, distributed randomly like the pillars in McAnally's. Yeah. Right. Right, and so it was, and since they're diminishing over time, the power of Austin is growing, going up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that so really well. So the Moonlight Towers are a lighting project from the 1800s. There are 17 left. There were originally 31. Their idea is that they're a monitoring system for ley lines to dampen the power, and the aspect is not as bright as we used to be. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> that 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 is awesome. Because you could actually you could you could throw that into maybe they actually cause like a, a lower your intelligence of people kind of nearby <laughs> as, as a side effect as a side effect and you know like it it's actually causing problems but they thought the the ends justified the means right so you could probably while while you're running around near there if you're if you're near any one of those uh, you can. You can take advantage of people's stupidity. <laughs> okay, so who's the face of that? Who's our head white court guy? Or girl? Disembodied figure. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring open up a random name generator. Cheater. Now, could Cheater. the face be the electric company? It would be like sure. a mund- mundane corporation or, yeah. or entity that has that the the highest up are in the know. That's why they had the rejuvenation campaign. They try to, they try to get it back in there, but uh, you know they keep getting pushed back. So like, oh, actually, that's a really good because they had the lights down for like two or three years, wasn't it? So maybe that was when the necromancers had took their foothold. All right, I like this okay. idea. Good. Yeah. So, so what's the name of the? Public utilities company in Austin, or do we just want to make one up? Austin Light and Power. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we, let's they, just they go with that. Posted. Yeah. ALP Alp. Okay. And the CEO, Jordan Clark. Sounds good. Works. That's very benign. It works nicely. And he's in the know, but uh, no one else really is. Yeah. Right. Except his secretary, because secretaries secretly run corporations. 
Right. But maybe he's only in the know because when they were down and the necromancers started coming in, the White Council had to make the decision to tell him and show him why he needed to get those back up and running. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, he's probably a target mm-hmm. for the right. uh, necromancers. Maybe he's becoming increasingly paranoid because of what he knows now. And maybe the power company is trying to do all these really odd things. Like they could just be coming... Maybe in, instead of... Yeah, maybe the power company itself is actually get, starting to do bizarre things that are going to kind of seem random to us where they start taking over homes and demolishing them and putting up these electrical structures with eminent domain. Okay. I don't know. It just seems like kind of like an arm of government kind of going nuts, but no one's really noticing how the electrical company is like doing all these really weird things. <laughs> Except for the people they kick out of their homes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we've got two more. Well, when we're going to do the, the first Thursday or whatever it was. Right. As a, as a location, even if it's not uh, geographically the same place. Okay. So first Thursday, that's what it's called. Yeah, they're very and, unoriginal. <laughs> and, and what is it? It's a, it's a, it's an open air market or something. Is that? It's uh, from what I gathered, and this was earlier in the day, but it was a combination open air market and music festival, like performing open air, like a busker festival kind of deal. Okay. Um, and it's it moves locations. I have no idea. Uh, I'm but, looking now, and I can't find anything on it at all. So uh, I'm, I um, found a place that I'm assuming this is it. Although so far I haven't seen the, a city name associated with it. Uh, they mentioned oh South Congress Avenue, generally South Congress Avenue. There you go. Uh, okay, Barton Springs Road to Elizabeth Street. All right, so it does not move location. Okay, so is this yeah, a theme? Yeah, it says it's basically a block party, basically. Okay. Is this a theme or a threat? What do we have more of? What's our what's our um, what's our tally now? Um, we have the Congress Avenue Bridge as a threat. Uh, the Schultz Beer Garden and Hippie Hollow Park are both themes. The Drug Fraternity House is a theme. Your store is a theme. Uh, the Littlefield building is a threat. I didn't actually put anything for the Moonlight Towers yet. Oh, that could go either way. Let's make them yeah, a threat. What, the towers? Yeah, the towers. Oh. Because then they, it could just be a little bit, maybe it seems benign, but maybe there's something more insidious going on. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, okay. that would yeah. make sense because if, if the White Council controls them, and they're trying to boot everybody out of the city so that they can, you know, put the lid back on the boiling over pot. Mm-hmm. You know, then that would, I would consider that a threat. Okay. So back to first Thursday. Um, so We're it's now an one open, ahead on it's, it's an open air market and performance festival on the first Thursday of each month on South Congress Avenue, right? Is that what they said? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Okay. Uh, is it a threat or a theme? So we've got one, two, three threats and four themes. It feels like a theme. I can't really imagine it a threat. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. I can. I can imagine that the buskers could band together and be a pretty formidable group of people, especially if they also are counted in the um, in the group of homeless slash impoverished people that are sort of in the know. I mean, I, you know, it could go either way. Well, the other thing is, is it would make easy pickings once again like an easy feeding ground. Mm-hmm. that we had for our black court vampires. That okay. place would be very, very easy for frauds and swindlers and people to, you know, more illicit drugs, just different things like that. Okay. Um, it would be easy to prey on people. Like so, a necromancer could walk through the crowd and kind of touch people and take control of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a... Um Uh, so, so you're saying you want it to be a threat then? I could see it as a threat. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting as a threat as opposed to a theme. Because it's going to happen and everybody loves it, so nobody wants to shut it down. But at the same point mm-hmm. in time, like, oh my god, here's what's actually going on here. Yeah, put that way, I like it as a, a threat. And at the same time as there's necromancers going around taking particular people, there's also all of the pickpockets and shysters that are at a normal open-air event that take advantage of tourists. Yeah, so, exactly. Not to okay, mention that so. Congress Street is the same place that uh, that the bridge is. Le- so the right. Oh, that's court. right. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and so everything the, necro- stays the, open necromancers, the necromancers in the Black Court might be having a little t- uh, turf battle, too. Turf war. Yeah. Oh, so this okay. is definitely a threat, then. Yeah, yeah, definitely a threat. Um So what's the aspect? Target-rich environment? Well, we already had e- easy feeding grounds. Dang. Yeah, but that could go both ways. The easy feeding grounds is kind of specific to the vampires, but target-rich environment could mean we're going to tag or track down one of the bad guys who's who we know is targeting people in the crowd. It could also you know apply I mean? to like the mundane pickpockets and sort of and, and other yeah. con men. Okay. Something horrible is going to happen to my character. I can tell. <laughs> I'm overruling <laughs> the GM already. <laughs> no, no, this is uh, this is our game, not mine. So I know. I'm just I'm just using. Um. You might suddenly get lots of fruitcake in the mail, though, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All worn customs. Um, (laughs) So who's the face? Do we want to leave the face ambiguous on that one? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And the final location. What about... Oh, what about... Go ahead. What about Barton Springs? That's the the public swimming area that was used as purification ritual by the um, in purification rituals 
by the local Native American tribe. The thing about that is, uh, according to Wiki, it's been closed because of E. coli bacteria so in the they waters. Say. <laughs> exactly. Plus, not only that, but it's got a, a rare subspecies of salamander. So for a while, that caused problems with how they could clean the pool and um, different things like that. So what what are we needing? I mean, we have a place for information, even though it's kind of seedy. We have yeah. a place to get where we need stuff. Um, do and we I'm want sure there can be some overlap at, for the the bookstore. That can be both a place to get stuff and to to learn things too. So. No, no, it can't. So, so here's, here's only. <laughs> yeah, here's here's what you have. You have. Um, the uh, the Blackport Vampire Nest. You have a um, the park where the clothing is optional, so that might be a place to get information. You have the Schultz Beer Garden, which is your neutral territory, so you can you know um, fly your freak flag and not be called out for supernatural abilities. You have the fraternity house that's the drug den. You have the store that is your uh, one-stop convenience shop. You have the uh, headquarters for the necromancers. You have the monitoring system for the ley lines. And you have the open-air market with uh, lots of victims available for whoever wants to prey upon them. What you don't have is a neighborhood where you all live, a bookstore bookstore slash library maybe that you that's a meeting place or a or if someone owns a house or something like that those are the things you don't have so you sort of have the restaurant meeting place you have the store where you can buy reagents you have plenty of little threatening areas and a couple of little information areas well i imagine the store could also you don't really have any truly safe places at this point Mm. well maybe that's what the the public the public yeah. pool could be. Maybe because that's our... it was used in, Well, because it was used in purification rituals and stuff like that, I'm just thinking that it's it might be a good positive energy place, a nice good vibe. Okay. And what's that yeah. called then? If everybody agrees? Yeah, sounds good. It's uh Barton Springs. Barton Springs. Mm-hmm. Now is this a hot spring? Yes. Twenty to twenty two degrees Celsius the whole year round. And the Native Americans used to do like burial rituals or something? What did they Purification. Oh purification, okay. Okay. Alright, so this is a theme, not a threat, because you're gonna make it a safe house, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, we're probably going to want to add, I don't know if there's actually one in reality, but we're probably going to want to add like a clubhouse or a meeting house or a something connected to it rather than just, let's caves. meet at the pool, guys. Right. Are there any, want to imagine natural caves being there? and we, Or do you want to have it a house or the cleaning facility or... I don't know how easily, because this is in the middle of the city, so I don't know how easily we'd be able to put caves in. I'm just... Yeah, let, 
let's just say there's a like a clubhouse or something. Okay. I think it's I think it's not an unreasonable assumption. Is it a clubhouse um, that the public is open to, or is it like a maintenance building that the public is not privy to? Yeah, I would assume the maintenance building that the public is not. So it would be our essentially safe house. Okay. Okay. Okay, and so what's the aspect? The ship in port is safe? Uh, I was trying to think of something like the waters being helped. You know, water can cover up things, clean things. Um, and we would want to hide in the site. So uh, the water cleans our tracks. I don't know. Any... Mm, good. Yeah, no, I like that. Just the phrasing is how are we going to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Aaron, you're too quiet. Come on, speak up. I'm thinking, and I'm not coming mm. up with anything terrible. <laughs> um, um, lose the track? Lose the trail? These waters go, I don't know. Wash the dirt away? Yeah. Yeah, because that could mean the the bad parts of the city. That that could be like a, a fountain, a magical fountain. That if we're gonna do rituals, maybe it's gonna we'd be able to wash the city away. You know, the uh, the bad elements away. So wash away the grime. Ah, yeah, yeah, that works. That's a little, that's better than my phrasing. Okay, is there a face? Have mm. a have a like a janitor, some sort of guy who's uh, who's there as the janitor, but he's actually you know a wizard or something. He, yeah, he's clued in. Okay, so it could be one of us. Yes, please, for the love of God, don't let me have the only location. Somebody claim this one. I mean, yeah, I could do it. I was planning on playing a wizard, so I could do it. I could be the face, I guess. Okay. okay. Sounds good. So how did you come to be in control of the maintenance of the uh, hot springs? For example, yeah, Can- I- Can- Candace inherited her store. How did you How did you get this location? I have no idea. Um, I could use some ideas, guys. Uh, you did not know, but one of your ancestors was a Native American, and no, no, that that's definitely not a, a route that I want to take because okay. I've got something else planned for the ancestors thing. Okay, well, so then we can't help you <laughs> because uh, we don't know what you, if you already have things planned, then we don't we can't. Well, we they're fairly loosely are. planned, but that's one of the ones that I had. I, oh, oh, wait, 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 hang on. Are your parents dead, Aaron? No, my parents are aren't dead, Candace. <laughs> okay. Revenge. Good. <laughs> I have a bad habit of making characters who, whose parents, either one or both, are dead. <laughs> hey, um, the the Austin Light and Power, uh, was yes. that a threat or is that a is that It a is beat? a threat. Yes, it's a threat. threat. Damn, I was thinking maybe I could be that guy in charge. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> well, you still could be. Just, you know, you're evil. I can't think of any good ways for me to be the face, uh, like the janitor or the caretaker of this place. Here's a wacky idea. White council plant. Yeah, that could be it. Like, you know, if you're recently coming back into the area, they could say, like, listen, we need a guy here. Go. Yeah, that that seems as good as anything. Okay, so the White Council asked you to maintain the sanctity of Barton Springs. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Um, all right, so do you guys want to hear that again? You want to hear the overview, or do you want to uh, move on to... Uh, Filling out the faces information. Um, can we okay, hang on. Where break? are we on the sheet? Yeah. Well, sorry, both of you were talking at the same time. I didn't hear you. Go ahead, Candace. No, no. Feel free. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, can we take a little break? We get sure, another we water break. and then regroup. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then I asked good. where we were on the form. <laughs> Oh, well, we are done with – so we filled out two forms. We filled out the high-level city sheet, and we yep. have filled out the location sheet. And so the last city sheet that we have is the faces sheet where we go through and we uh, fill out the name of the person, who they're the face of, what their high concept is, what their motivation is, and what and what their relationships are to other beings. So, Okay. Awesome. So we sort of, I mean, we, we sort of went around this um, in, a, in a sort of the wrong direction. I mean, so basically you're supposed to come back and do themes, threats, and aspects later after, uh, I think, after you finish your character. So you're supposed to sort of basically get an outline of the locations but then not really fill them out like we did, but... Since I knew that you guys didn't have your characters totally ready, I just said let's move, let's just do it this way. So it's it's actually better this way because now we can move on to the faces sheet. So <clears throat> basically now we flesh out the faces that we talked about in the location section even more. So um So, for example, Moira Blackguard. That is who we said is the face of the Congress Avenue Bridge. Yes. And the high concept there is... Um, is basically that she is a, she's the nest queen of the black, um, the black court, right? Right. Yeah. And what's her motivation? She's just trying to have it. She's just trying to, uh, grow and survive and grow. I mean, the black court is kind of on the edge. So she'd probably yeah. be very cautious, but very. But when he, it's probably you know when she does make a move, it's going to be ruthless and final. Mm. Yeah. Okay. okay. 
So cautiously grow the black quartz. And <clears throat> what are her relationships? Does she? So, so one of her thing, relationships. Is she really going to have any? Well, one of her relationships is with the tourists, the right? Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's going to have a an opposing relationship with the unnamed necromancer. It's still a kind of relationship. Right. So the relationships uh, can be hostile or not hostile. It just means that they know each other and they interact. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it could be her son or her nestmates or her, you know, someone that she has a contact in the city that's immortal that, that knows about her. Um so right now she's got the tourists, which are the unnamed food, and then the necromancer lord is her adversary. Does she have any contacts in the city that know about her? I would say no. It it seems unlikely. Okay. Not for a black court. All right, and so then we have Hippie Hollow Park and Christine Potts. All right. Oh, hang on, hang on. Mm-hmm. The associates, the Central Texas nudists. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Okay. It's too silly for you to make up. Exactly. Who <laughs> could make it? Who could make that up? All right, um, and her her high concept is she works to keep the park open. And and what's her motivation? Oh, and, and what what were you gonna say? Um, I've completely forgotten something along the lines of uh, she works to keep it, you know open and not just that but free of government interference as opposed to you know if you want to bring your kids and let them run around naked as opposed to a city bylaw that says only people 18 and older can use it or 21 and older can use the the park okay for a motivation can we have um, like a catchphrase sure (laughs) Uh, free your mind your ass will follow (laughs) <laughs> yes. I saw that from Platoon. Okay. That's almost like an aspect of hers. Yeah, they don't really mention aspects on there. I guess if you're going to fully... Yeah, I guess well, if you so do, the... them out. Yeah, so what happens is because the the location has an aspect and she's connected to the location, she sort of will take on the the location's aspect. Um, but she's perfectly allowed to have her own aspects, of course. But that's why we fill out the more sort of this thing with the motivation and relationships and whatnot. So, um, so what's her relationship with the Central Texas nudists? They're just associates? 
Yeah, they would be associates. Like she's probably a member, maybe not, you know, a high ranking mm-hmm. decision making member, but she's definitely affiliated. Okay. And she is in the know, so she needs or she should have a relationship that um I guess what I'm <clears throat> what I'm thinking is even if we give some of these people benign relationships, like maybe she has a son or a daughter or a niece or a sister or parents or something, you know, people in the know need to have those relationships because right. if you if you need to find this person, you need to have something to grasp onto that you can find them with. Her deceased husband is a werewolf. Was a werewolf. Okay, but that's not a relationship that she has now because he's dead. Oh, Unless, no, but, just because he's dead, there's still not a relationship? And not only well, that, but it gives her an in to the other local shifter slash werewolf slash whatever population. Okay, but what relationship does she have with them is what I'm saying. Because, oh, okay. So um, I guess my point is the relationship to me, I'm thinking of living things because these are connections that – Aaron has cut his hand off. <laughs> be right back. I see bleeding. be right back bleeding in the chat window. <laughs> but apparently nothing serious. So, just, only a flesh wound. <laughs> but I've cut your arm off. No, you haven't. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I guess with the relationships, I'm thinking of living people, people that you could contact or come in contact with if you needed to, to either find this person or get information about them. So Um, I like the idea of her dead husband being a werewolf, but what does that mean to mm. her relationships? Well, maybe she's considered, uh, I don't, the term comes from Anita Blake, but uh, it would apply here like a friend of the pack. Do you know what I mean? Like if a a naked werewolf shows up at her door, she's not going to bat an eyelash. She's just going to give him an old pair of jeans and a flannel t-shirt and say, go home. Okay. Yeah, so she's probably had some good relationship with the uh, local. I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a group of uh, people similar to uh, what's described in the next book. <laughs> you haven't the read Elfos. yet. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, just a group of uh, werewolves, local. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. And then next is uh, Franklin Schultz. Oh, yeah. The Beer Meister. (laughs) And he's the face of Schultz Beer Garden. And his uh, concept is that, uh, well, I'm actually going li- to, we're going to leave him blank because uh, you guys don't know very much about him other than the fact that he is the owner of the neutral territory. Sounds good. So, and you suspect that he has power. Um, and his relationships would be um, vast and 
various and sundry because he, since he works and owns the neutral territory, he obviously is going to know a lot of people. So we're going to leave it at that for his fleshing out because uh, he needs to have some mystery around him for you guys. So uh, we'll move on to Vernon Wormer, the big fish. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he's the face of uh, the Phi Kappa. Right, Phi Gamma Nu. Phi Gamma Nu House. Uh, motivation. Uh, keep the beer flowing and the, uh, (laughs) and the money. Yeah, keep the beer and the money flowing. Okay. Yeah. If we're here for a good time. (laughs) <laughs> that might be his aspect actually oh wait we, he doesn't get aspects never mind so he would have a lot of relationships right so he'd yeah. have relationships with the cops because they're always going to be banging on his door uh, and he's probably going to be paying some of them off exactly and well, so he's got um, he's got cops He's got the dean. He's got the uh, fraternity president. Old money. He's got old money connections. He's got the students. And he's got the drug suppliers. That guy's connected. Yeah. Well, remember that the aspect of the Phi Gamma New House is that they're information gatherers. And so he's extremely connected. Um, and so we're going to leave it at that. So you, you're not sure exactly what his relationship is with all those people. All you know is that he does have relationships with them. Um, and so we'll move on to Heaven Sent, which is Candace's store. So we'll skip that one. And then we'll move on to little the Littlefield building. And you don't know who um, – you don't know that one, so we're skipping that one. And we're moving on to... This is great! Yeah, we're moving on to to Jordan Clark. Who's he again? He's the the power guy. He's the CEO of Austin Light and Power. He's Mark's arch nemesis because Mark wants to take over Austin Light and Power. And um, he is in the know, remember, but only because he has to be. And um, his target is to stay – his target. His motivation is to stay alive because he's a target. Right. Stay um, alive and keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So his relationships would be the White Council – um, local politicians, labor right. unions. Mm-hmm. H- how about also uh, the university? Because uh, they would have a good relationship with trying to get engineers, mm-hmm. and so he could tap into like the university science uh, side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, okay. that sounds good. 
All right. And the next one is going to be... Um, we didn't do a face for the first Thursday organization um, because oh, really? we we decided that... Uh, well, we actually didn't talk about it. Um, could, could the and, face there be some homeless guy who always shows up there and so he kind of knows what's going on? Okay. Yeah. He could be, or one of the, like a local fortune teller or something. Or maybe one no, of the musicians. No. Yeah. No, I like the homeless guy because the homeless guys would have information. Nobody would notice them. Well, you know what I mean? Like people would notice them, but they would go out of their way. It would be a good idea to, like, I like Mark's idea of having the homeless guy because they're generally. In the background, people go out of their way to avoid them a lot of the time, but they hear and see everything. Okay. So his name is Wilton Brooks, but nobody knows his real name because he's a smelly, stinky, dirty homeless guy. <laughs> they all call him Red. Okay. Love and uh, his high concept is that he knows all and sees all in the open-air market, so uh, he's... The busker's friend. He needs a jaunty hat. Can he have a jaunty <laughs> hat, Sam? He can have a dirty jaunty hat. Well, he's not a paragon of cleanliness, obviously. Right. Um, and what's his motivation, though? I would imagine survival. Yeah. Just staying alive. What if he has a, a, a fun... Keep his head down and his ears open. Mm-hmm. Or eyes open. Or maybe he really likes the whole aspect of it being weird and... He just wants to keep the the city weird. I don't know. Okay. He is the epitome of, of keeping Austin weird. Oh, then right. his dirty jaunty hat needs to be a Dr. Zeus hat. <laughs> <laughs> like the felted okay. red and white cat in the hat. Right. Cat in the hat hat. Okay. Yep. All right. What are his relationships other than with the buskers and the open air uh, patrons? He's probably had more than a few run-ins with the cops. He's probably on first-name basis with um, people who run one of the local shelters. Yeah. Okay. He has a good idea of the um, the health of the city in general. He sees all the money, so he can tell when oh, people are... He can get a good vibe of the, the whole feeling of the city. Okay. He probably knows, say, somebody along that street, because I'm thinking there are a lot of restaurants on that street, so he's probably on good terms or bad terms with several of the restaurant owners, either from picking through their garbage or from getting the day-olds. Like a bakery, at the end of the day, throws out all their day-old stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe, as opposed to throwing them out, they go find Red, or Red shows up at you know 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Okay. All right. And I think I think that is the end of our city building worksheets. <clears throat> so let's look at <clears throat> let's look at well let's actually let's do an overview of them first. So here is an overview of your city. Oh, we didn't go back and we actually did not go. We didn't go back and do movers and shakers, but we also didn't do um, the faces attached to 
the main Austin theme and the two main threats. So um, the main Austin theme is keep Austin weird or look the other way. The aspect there is that ley lines as far as the eyes can see. And um, then we need to add some names and faces. We can actually add those later based on who we already – because we already have several faces on the city sheet. So um, we might want to uh, to do this when when Thaddeus is also around because what we need to do next is go into character building. Let's go through what we have determined tonight, and then we'll call it a day, uh, and we'll try to schedule the next session where we'll flesh out our characters and we'll think about the city. I'll email you guys a copy of these, uh, and you can think about them, and if we want to make changes or whatnot, we can do that. Um, so here it is. Uh, city name is Austin, Texas. The theme, overall theme of the city is keep Austin weird or look the other way. The aspect of the city is ley lines as far as the eyes can see. One of the threats of the city is that the White Council has a group of hardliners that are a conservative faction that have the aspect reign in the power. Another main threat to the city is the necromancers who have opened a population portal or have realized that Austin is a population portal, and they have the aspects entice and deceive. The status quo is that the era of free magic is taking root in the city while the White Council and the Necromancers battle for control. The mundane status quo is that there is an extreme increase in homicide rate. Ecstasy and pot, the party drugs, are in heavy use, but the distribution is disorganized and done by small-time dealers for the most part. The cops are doing what they can about the homicides, but they're ignoring the drugs for the most part because they don't have the, mo the manpower. Uh, the movers and shakers, politicians and judges, old money families and drug dealers want to maintain the status quo, and they are generally in the dark about supernatural items. Drug suppliers uh, who want to bring more heavy drugs into town, college students who are activist liberals want to rock the boat, and they're also generally in the dark about supernatural items. Cops are sort of straddling the fence in terms of whether to maintain the status quo or rock the boat. <clears throat> um, the necromancers are in the know, but they want to maintain the status quo because it's a really nice balance for them between having enough uh, population to feed on and grow their ranks. Um, and the White Council wants to rock the boat, and they're in the know. And they want to rock the boat because it's better for them if they can regain the power that they once had in the city and stop the flow of people and victims. Um, the homeless slash impoverished slash disenfranchised people are also somewhat in the know, but they're straddling the fence in terms of wanting to maintain or change the status quo. Austin has several locations that are of interest. The Congress Avenue Bridge happens to be where the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats resides. There is a nest of black court vampires there, either hiding amongst the bats or that is entirely the bats. The aspect there is that they are easy feeding grounds. The face to that location is Moira Blackguard, who is the nest queen. Hippie Hollow Park is the only legal clothing optional park in Texas. It's one of the more weird spots compared to the rest of Texas, and the aspect there is come as you are. 
The face is Christine Potts, who works to keep the park open and is in the know about supernatural items. The Schultz Beer Garden is a restaurant in Hyde Park, which is about 50% open air, has lots of trees and a very strange sort of uh, location near the university. It's a supernatural gathering place that is an official neutral territory. The proprietor's name is Franklin Schultz, and he is the owner. He is in the know, but uh, he's a little bit ambiguous in terms of whether he is very powerful or not. Figam, a new house, is a huge old money estate house, home of a fraternity there at the university. It's a drug trafficking um, bastion for the younger population in Austin, and its aspect is that it's full of information gatherers. Vernon Wormer, or Big Fish, as he's most likely known, is the senior frat member. He's not in the know, but he knows a lot about the city and a lot about what's going on in mundane terms. Heaven Scent is a new age occult shop, trinket shop. It's a real magical component store, but looks to a, a mundane tourist to be a touristy trinket shop. It's your one-stop convenience shop with the aspect, I, I have just the thing you need. Um, Candace's character is the face there, and she inherited the store through some uh, machinations that we haven't discussed yet. The Littlefield Building is built in the early 1900s. It has a strange uh, property of having a 7.5 floor, or a 7.5 floor, that used to be the roof, and then they added on to it. It happens to be the headquarters for the Necromancers, whose aspect is right under your nose, and then we didn't flesh that out anymore because your characters don't know that information yet. Moonlight Towers is a lighting project from the 1800s. There are 17 left out of an original 31. They are 50-meter-tall towers that run on mercury vapor, or that the lights, of, the lights on top of them run on mercury vapor. The idea of the place is that it's a monitoring system for the ley lines to dampen the power. The aspect is not as bright as we used to be, <clears throat> and the face is the uh, power company, Austin Light and Power, who has a CEO named Jordan Clark. He's in the know because he had to be in the know, um, but now he has become paranoid and uh, is a target of the ne necromancers. <clears throat> first Thursday is an open-air market and performance festival that occurs on the first Thursday of every month on South Congress Avenue. It's an open-air area with lots of victims available for uh, a place for con men and pickpockets. It's a possible turf war area between the necromancers and the black court vampires. And it is a target-rich environment, which happens to be its aspect. The face of First Thursday is Wilton Brooks, also known as Red, a homeless man who has befriended lots of other homeless people and shelter owners and things like that. Uh, Barton Springs is a hot springs where Native Americans used to perform purification rituals. Uh, it has a maintenance building that is a private area, not open to the public, where the aspect that, that has the aspect wash away the grime, and Aaron's character happens to be the appointed caretaker there, be having after having been asked by the white the bleh, after having been asked by the white council to maintain Barton Springs. I don't think it's so much asked as told. Directly. Well, sure, but asking it's is an important distinction. Polite, yes, that's true, but it's a polite way to say it. Um, so I'm just going to say the names of the faces we have: uh, Moira Blackguard, 
Christine Potts, Franklin Schultz, Vernon Warmer, Jordan Clark, and Wilton Brooks are the people that we have. The other two spots would have been Aaron's character and Candace's character, and then the necromancer leader who you don't know anything about. So there we go. Uh, we did a shit ton of work tonight on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm sure Aaron is going to be really sad that he missed it, but it is a recording. I've recorded it, so, um, <clears throat> you know, he can listen to it later. <laughs> you, mean, you mean Thaddeus? Aaron. I mean, uh, Aaron's right here. <laughs> he, well, he might not be. He might be off bleeding to death somewhere. Yeah, he's off yeah. bleeding somewhere. Sorry. I, I could be both. I could be bleeding to death on the podcast as we speak. <laughs> That's right. That's Are right. you? Are you bleeding to death as we speak? I might be, but I'm probably not. Okay. Just so long as you're, you know, perfectly <laughs> clear about that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'll say that again. When Thaddeus uh, has time, he'll probably listen to it and be very jealous that he missed it. Um, the other thing is that the locations and faces uh, should there should be one that is intertwined with each person's character because we didn't do we didn't stop in the middle of city building and finish the character building. We didn't do that necessarily. Now with Candace and Aaron, we did because their characters have particular locations. But uh, the the book basically says every character should have a location or a f- person that they have some sort of connection to. It may not be direct. It may be you know maybe something like uh, Mark's character lives on the other side of the um, Congress Avenue bridge, and so to go see his parents go see his mom, he has to travel across the bridge. And, you know, maybe there's issues with that because the bridge is, of course, where the black the black court vampires are. You know, something right, something right. like that. So it's not a direct connection necessarily, but it's a connection nonetheless. I'm, um, I'm actually... Thaddeus just got evicted because the <laughs> utilities people want his house to build a new electrical right. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was actually thinking of maybe taking over Red. Uh, it's it, you know wonder I'm I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> Homeless dude. Yeah. Well, you know the thing is it it only happens every first Thursday. What if he isn't always homeless? What, what if, if it's he's like, only he's homeless like, every what first if, Thursday? Like, what if it's like deep like cover? Superman. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah, well, he's all dressed up in this thing, and and maybe it's you know. Maybe they they just like oh yeah well that's just red. And okay, well do me a so, favor. Yes. Red has to take a shower before he sh- shows up at Heavenly <laughs> Scent. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason for the patchouli. Oh God. <laughs> well, um, at the beginning of every scenario, I take a shower, and then whatever state we're left of afterwards <laughs> is when I show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so wait, we have one more thing to discuss the, seriously. Um, before I let you go in, and that is that you need to at least start your character creation. And the first thing that you start with is choosing a template and choosing a power level. And so, um, the, uh, the power levels are, let's see, um, feet in the water up to your waist chest deep and submerged. So, um, 
for example, feet. It's so it's like it's sort of like what level are you starting at, right? So feet in the water is you get six refresh, twenty skill points, and the skills are capped at great. At this level, you're just getting started with your supernatural life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so go ahead. Go ahead. I was thinking because necromancers and black court vampires are involved, mm-hmm. submerged sounds like a submerged. Plus, you need to be at least not to the to level below submerged to even have wizards as a viable option. Okay. So That's submerged seems the best the best idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that makes sense with Aaron. I mean, the white council, the white council, the white council would not ask a noob to take care of the maintenance shed, basically. Well, well, my character's <laughs> still relatively a noob, but he's still a, he's not an apprentice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So submerge is fine as a starting power level. Um, so go through and sort of you know read the character creation stuff and I don't know. Is there anything else that we that we need? Do we to... want to? Do we want to discuss um, what character types we want to bring? I mean, do we have a problem with having all wizards, or do we want to say no? We want some mortals, or we want some. This and that. I mean, I'm just wondering what the player preferences are. Mm. Well, personally, I don't particularly want to play a wizard. I'd rather do something a little bit middle of the road kind of deal. I don't want to play a mortal. I'm looking at more focused practitioner or minor talent, something along those lines. You know, not Joe Blow off the street, but not I'm bringing the cannon. Uh, (laughs) I'd like to avoid... A lot of wizards. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to see uh, every everybody play a wizard, you know, barring what Candace just said anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't mind some duplication. You know, if two people wanted to play, you know, a werewolf or whatever, I wouldn't have any real problem with that. All right. So so you're playing a wizard. Candace's playing a practitioner. Anybody have an idea what uh, Thaddeus is thinking of? Uh, I asked him, and he said he was going to make it entirely what, based on the city and, and what the party. Uh, and therefore, so he misses this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. of no help at this point. <laughs> well, we've really left the door wide open for him because he could be a werewolf because we've got the happy hippie naked park. He could be a wizard because we've got the white court. He even he could be whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I so, mean, I'm not, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to put any constraints on it. I don't know the system well enough to know if I have any preferences in terms of constraints in that. In that I, I would like to do be casting magic round, but I'm not sure if about a full-fledged wizard, but if we're going to have three magic casters, maybe that's going to be stepping on Aaron's toes here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind another wizard. I mean, I wouldn't say uh, a really... I wouldn't have a problem with it, but it's really up to you. Okay, well, I'll, I'll see what I can pick up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Um, how about we go to the wave and you guys discuss, you know, in the wave, talk about what you're thinking for your character concept? Okay. Don't necessarily fully flesh it out because we want to come back to it when we um, when we have our next session. We're going to actually do some of that. So yeah, um, but you know, do as much as you want to. 
Yeah, I've got a lot to read because I didn't decide that I really wanted to be a wizard until, you know, oh, about four hours ago. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I've got a lot to read. Yeah, well, I haven't, I mean, I haven't even read the full, the full rule books either. So, you know, I, I have a lot to read uh, in terms of this if, when I get time. But, um, so yeah, so go to the wave and talk about your characters and we'll, we'll try to peg Thaddeus into what, what he wants to do and um, and stuff like that. So I'm going to actually stop the recording now. The Guild of Geeks would like to thank Evil Hat Productions for producing the Dresden Files RPG. Also, Jim Butcher for creating the Dresden Files universe. We would also like to thank RPG MP3 for allowing us to post our actual play podcasts on this venue, and you, the listener. We hope you've enjoyed this session. The music in the background of the News Desk intro is actually named News Desk and is by Jabro. It was downloaded via the Creative Commons license from freesound.org.